Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, schmack a macabre. It is me, Ralph Vieira, a man, a warrior, and with me is... Oh yeah, Spartacus and Wadzilla. What's up, brother? Hey, man, it's been a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah. And once again, it's all on me. Uh, I've seen a couple. Th- I ain't been on Facebook all that much. I've seen a couple things, like uh, people sending messages and alluding. You know, there's no no drama. I've just had a shit ton of shit going on in my personal life. Not all of it bad, but. Uh, you know, just shit that took precedent. And we gave these guys like 75 episodes a month before. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we took a month off, but we are back. And uh, luckily, nobody is suffering through a fan paid episode. Uh, I said, fuck it, man. We got to record this weekend. But, uh, you know, let's just fucking, let's just wing it because you know we can do that shit. That's the angle we're going to go at, you know, for actually, a good portion of the show. Actually, no, that's not the angle we're going to go at because I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't tell you this, Ian. Oh, shit. But to make this show even extra special, yeah, we're going to wing it, but we're going to wing it to our viewers. <laughs> our viewers, I left a comment going, look, we're going to wing it. What do you guys want us to talk about? And they all left comments. So we got material to talk about thanks to our viewers you know i saw that uh you know for the last month i very very rarely been on facebook just in and out for a minute you know i'll check on the uh you know of course on our page i haven't gone through the posts but you know i'll look to see are there new members who want to join shit like that you know is there is there banned posts i got to take care of all that kind of crap and i just happened to see because you sent me a link because now we're, we're doing this on Zoom. Uh, so I had to get the Zoom link and everything. So I saw this post and I was like, God damn it. God damn it. Why did he say that? Because, you know, you, you ask the, the listeners what they want to hear. These are the same people who pick fan episodes. No, they no. are not to be trusted. <laughs> They're yeah, not our friends. <laughs> yeah, but I said on the thing, we'll talk yeah. about what you're saying if it doesn't suck. Okay, I, I missed that part. I, I kind of briefly looked over. I was like, oh, shit. Plus, I have the greatest title for this episode just to suck everybody in. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, like I've been doing with these fan episodes, it's going to have nothing to do with this episode. But I have a great Kiss-related title for this one that's guaranteed to, to bring in the masses and piss them off. Hell yeah. Fuck Kiss. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, without going into a lot of shit, I've just had a lot of stuff going on. Again, uh, not all of it bad, but, you know, I had my, you know, your your favorite ex, my mother visited, uh, my brother-in-law died, uh, my uh, son is out of town, so I'm watching my grandkids more. I've got stuff, I'm studying for a Washington State exam. Uh, I got shit going on with my new job, so... 
had to put this shit on the on the back burner for the last month. And of course, the first thing that goes on the back burner is Facebook, because that does take up so much time. And to tell you the truth, uh, I don't know. Are you in some kind of Facebook uh, trouble? Because I see you're on under Schmackamagob right now. Are, yeah, are you... yeah uh, I've been banned uh, from posting in groups for oh, thirty Lord. days. I can post on my wall, but not in groups. So, yeah, I'm mean, uh, Schmackamagob to posting groups, but I can still but... post on my wall. Um, Ian, I want to talk to you. I know you haven't. I mean, we had a bitch trying to get this show going off the road. Yeah. Because he has got a lot of computer problems. But yes. I have a very successful live show now on uh, YouTube that I've been doing for over a month now. Yes. Yeah, you definitely got to come on there. And, you know, this is all when Ian gets, you know, his computer shit going. Yeah. When, when Ian gets his computer shit going, we're going to go on YouTube Live on the podcast channel as well and do some live content where we can talk to the people live. And, oh, yes. And I also want Ian to come on my channel on Thursday oh. when his shit's uh, fixed. We're, we got Martin Popoff, man, so. Oh, nice. I, I would love to, and, and that's a bitch of it, because I, I this is my first live recording in the brand new Masturbation Station, Seattle. Uh, moved into my garage, I got everything set up you know, kind of like I like it. It's, it's still a work in progress, but man, I had a desktop out here. I got a big ass monitor. I got one of those lights that you're supposed to use, you know, when you're doing live videos. I got uh, like a, a fancy uh, camcorder, uh, you, you know, to record and everything. And the fucking desktop computer's fucked. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you gotta be shit me because that's what I want to do. Uh, you know, I want to get to where we are doing some live YouTube uh, stuff and also want to get into some Patreon shit because I want to make some money off this motherfucker. We got to we got to set up a Patreon because uh, the T-shirts, it, it was fun while it lasted. I mean, the T-shirts are still up there, but, you know, we, we did OK the first couple months and we had a lot. Of, in fact, a lot of the people who bought the shirts bought multiple shirts. So that's, I mean, you know, they must have liked them if they're buying multiple ones. But, man, ain't nobody bought a motherfucking T-shirt in two months. Did you get, and, did you get a, a message from Charlie Hill? Recently? You know, I'm, I I might have. I've got to get caught up on my, my Facebook Messenger. I know I have a shitload. Well, uh, he, why, he was there an issue? Yeah, he wanted to buy a shirt, and he couldn't find the thing. And I said, oh, talk to you. Oh, yeah. That, and that's the fucked up thing too. I don't know. Uh, you, you know, it's it's weird. I can illegally download so much shit off the fucking internet, and then other things give me so much problems. I kept trying to post a link. Uh, the site is Tone Threads. If you just go on ToneThreads.com and you search Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, it'll come up. Every time I try to share the link, it just shares from like you know, my personal account, so when other people go in, it doesn't work right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm a fucking idiot. But people like the shirts. We kept them affordable. But, uh, yeah, we, we need to make some money off this fucking shit. And, but, you know, other than fan-paid episodes. But I would like to do, like, where we set up a Patreon, uh, where we do something special. I mean, if we're going to charge... I want it to be worth your fucking, you know, your money. I, just, you know, I ain't just asking for a handout. I want to give you something. 
But that's the whole thing I'm working on right now is me getting the setup to where I'm equal with Ralph. And right now I'm just not there yet. I mean, we tried to set this up and everything was good and then it went to shit. I had to get my wife's computer and now everything's working great. So basically I need to get another fucking computer. But that takes money. So there you go. Well, you so, also, also have to stress that when we do the Patreon, uh, don't ask us to review an album. Yeah, unless it's something we like. Yeah. But, uh, you know, th there's got to be, maybe, maybe I need to start a, a, a GoFundMe, uh, you know? I could end up like Mark Allen Taylor. Ooh, I, I don't have insurance, you know, and then I'm on vacation in Hawaii. I just That sounds sweet. I just left the room. I didn't hear. Okay. All right. All right. But uh, yeah, so that's the state of the fucking union. We're going to get back to uh, finishing up these, um, you know, the, the fan episodes. But all of the fan episodes uh, that are left uh, have guests. So, you know, if, uh, believe me, people, these, these guest shows are a pain in the ass. We enjoy doing the actual show, but like, you know... Ralph and I are in two different time zones, and then you got a guest who's in another time zone, and then you try to figure out a time that works best for everybody. You know, it's a pain in the ass. We're gonna do it, but uh, today I just wanted to like, you know, I just want to talk to Ralph. <laughs> you know, we've we've texted a few times in the, in the last month, and and uh, you know, Ralph wished me a happy birthday and everything and all that shit. But uh, you know, we're not women. We, we can go a while without talking and stuff and everything's okay so there's no there's no stress no no strife behind the scenes uh i just had some shit i'd take care of and i figured let's come back with an easy show we'll talk about some news apparently you guys got some questions and we'll give you the right answers not the other shit you hear on the interweb we'll give you the correct fucking answers but uh, I, I'm ha happy to be back, man, and happy to be talking to you around, and happy to be drinking. You know, since the last show we recorded, I think it was the one we did with uh, with Ryan, was the last episode we did. Okay. I, I, I drank once, and I passed out after two quadruple Bloody Marys. That's the only time I've drank in the last fucking month, so I'm, I'm about a six-pack in, and I'm having a goddamn good time. Talking to my buddy Ralph. Did you do hard drugs at least? No, not even soft drugs. Not even so. Well, I like, like my blood pressure medicine. That's about it. Mm. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Yeah, but uh, and and we have no new iTunes reviews. I think we got one coming soon. Um, I see another five star like rating, but we don't have a review. But sometimes you'll see the five star rating. And then it takes a couple days for the review to come up. So fuck it, man. Let's just go into the news, shall we? All right. Let's do it. All right. Graham Bonnet says he understands why some aging rock stars rely on pre-recorded tapes for lead vocals. So, you know, while everybody's giving all these bands shit, Graham Bonnet understands, you know, Paul Stanley's problem and Vince Neil's problem. And... You know, I, I think Graham Bonnet should definitely understand because I could think of about five tapes he should use. Hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hey. Wait, wait, back yeah. up back up a second. Yeah. Graham Bonnet, I happen to be a fan of his, and what you just said really hurt me. Oh, life's tough. 
kid. Yeah. <laughs> <Get over it. laughs> Life sucks. <laughs> yeah. This ain't the internet, goddammit. <laughs> uh, neither one of us is going to get banned from here. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's a miracle. You know what? You brought up a great point. You know, once we start doing uh, the live show on YouTube, I really do think it's going to take us to the next level. And I think we'll be able to enjoy that next level for about a week before we get banned. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I love how you say that on your videos. Uh, you know, like, hey, check us out before we get banned. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, who, who knows how long YouTube will last the way we are. You know, I, I laugh when I see all these. Uh, you know, I watch a ton of YouTube. I watch a ton of YouTube. Uh, and people always talking about their videos being monetized and demonetized and the algorithm and all this shit. Man, we're going to blow all that shit up, but it's going to be a fun week while we're on there, though. Goddamn guarantee you. Hell yeah. We're going to have to go to... Uh, where, where's all the white supremacists go? What the fuck's that shit called? Um... Boston? <laughs> oh, you are correct, sir. Goddamn, that was good. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, what's that... Uh, uh, it's not YouTube, but it's like bit bit shoot bit shit. Oh, bitch I got chat. I got I got a bit shoot. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to go there. That's what sucks is you know just to give honest opinions about shitty artists, we're gonna have to go hang out with fucking Nazis. But that's that's the state of the union. Uh, no, no, I don't think bit shoot is for the Nazis. Uh, uh, you, you must be thinking of something else. Bit shoot is where I'm going to put my. Videos have been banned on YouTube. I don't see no Nazi propaganda or, you know, Republican bullshit there. Well, well, that's where all the videos are. So I just assume. Oh, I gotta throw a beep. Hey! In. <laughs> gotta throw a beep. A beep is coming back. All right. Well, next story then. Uh, <laughs> there's been uh, a couple of posts recently where Geezer Butler is promoting his new autobiography. Uh, he's been talking about how he's in the middle of a fallout with Ozzy. Uh, saying, but it's nothing. They've fallen out uh, a lot of times over the last 50 years. But this apparently comes down um, to a problem with the wives between Sharon Osbourne and Gloria Butler. And uh, that, that's a problem, I think, when you, you let the woman rule your life like that, you know? I don't think that's a good business model, you know? Get, get another manager, man. Have your relationship with your wife and let somebody else run the business. Because yeah. I, I know... Or better yet, just, you know, keep it going because I don't want Black Sabbath back. I don't, man. They fucking ruined their... I hate 13 and I don't want to hear anything with Auto-Tune Ozzy anymore. I'm done. And they can't go out there and be Black Sabbath without Ozzy because Sharon owns that shit. So yeah. you know, maybe that's the problem with the Tony Martin box set that's never been released but promised, and also the Black Sabbath Born Again tape. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know about that because look at all the Dio shit that comes out. You know, we, we just were lucky enough to get that awesome new, you know, Live Evil box set. There's been about 50 different reissues in the last five years of Heaven and Hell and Mod oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, ignore, what I, ignore what I just said then. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a shame that these guys, I mean, goddamn, any of them could drop dead 
by the time we're done recording this shit, you know, and, and because their wives don't get along, you know, that's the, they're not at the age where they can afford, uh, you know, a couple year tiff, you know. And I don't care if they record again, because I don't want anything without Bill Ward, you know. And what the fuck could they do with Bill Ward? Let's be fucking honest here, you know. Uh, but God damn it, these guys should talk. All the shit they've been through, you know, all the stuff, you know. All this shit because of the Yenta wives, you know. Fucking bullshit, you ask me. Yeah, they're whipped. But God damn it, you know, we live in a world where you know, Trickster can't even get their shit together. So, so what hope is there for Black Sam? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I just saw a story the other day. It was so funny. They were talking to the lead singer from Trickster. And apparently in Trickster, there's a, it, it's like uh, the bass player and the guitar player against the drummer. And, and the singer loves everybody. And I'm just like, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Nobody, nobody needs to see that fucking shit again. Did you, did you ever have to suffer through Trickster Live? Uh, no, but I did go. I saw Striper at. Um, yeah, bad enough. I saw Striper, you know, when they became anti Christian, the against the law thing. Yeah. They played uh, the a little, little bar on South Beach, which, you know, I saw them in arenas before. And Trickster yeah. opened that show. Now, Trickster, I didn't know them yet, but I did get there late and I missed them. So I got oh, there, lucky before, bastard. But, but I was at a show where Trickster played. Yes, that happened. Oh. happened. Yeah, it, it's bad. You know, I think I've talked about it before. I, mine's even worse because I saw them on their second tour. It's bad enough, you know, they, they toured at all, but they put out a second album that nobody bought. But who took them on the road? Kiss. It was Trickster and uh, Great White on the Revenge Tour. And oh my God, was it fucking horrible. But yeah, I hope I hope they I hope they keep fighting. I hope they all die very soon before they can make amends. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I am the guy who wishes death. That's me. That's right. Oh, uh, and, and another thing that makes me happy: David Draymond's vocal issues forced cancellation of two disturbed concerts in on European tour, which is great. Europe's got enough fucking problems, you know, with the war in Ukraine. Last thing they need is disturbed playing concerts. <laughs> how how is that shit? Oh my god! You know, uh, talking about YouTube earlier, I've been obsessed with this uh, YouTube channel lately that has all this old footage of MTV from like we're, we're talking like early '80s and stuff. Uh, but they got some other shit too, and and there was a special uh, from 2000, and it was talking about the first like six years of MTV with the original BJs and everything. Uh, but the broadcast kept. Um, all the commercials in and everything and, and there's a commercial for the first Disturbed record you know and I'm just like god damn how did, how did this shit blow up who listened to that shit and said oh yeah I like that give me more fucking idiots you know you I know re really really early MTV didn't have commercials uh, what they would do you know, because they didn't have many videos either. So what they would do, they would show war footage for about 10, 15 minutes with some music playing. And then it would go back to the videos. That's really early on TV. They had no commercials at one time. Wow. See, I don't remember that. Uh, and it was funny watching uh, 
the video because they were talking about when MTV first launched, you know, they were out of New York and you couldn't even get MTV in Manhattan. Uh, and in fact, they had their launch party in Jersey because Jersey had them on their cable network and Manhattan didn't. And where I lived in the suburbs of Chicago, we didn't get MTV till 84, I think early 84. Now my dad at the time lived in uh, central Illinois and it was a big deal when I'd go see my dad because they had MTV, you know? So yeah, MTV used to be fucking cool, man. Yeah, by 84 they were showing commercials. That was the last good year of MTV. Yeah. I, I say 85, personally. Like, your cutoff is 84, my cutoff's 85. Like, where we agree where the 80s took a took a bad turn. I still like some 85. Well, there's a but. lot of good 85 stuff because it was done in 84. Yeah. You know How can I, mean? I argue? How can I argue? You know, I uh, mean, in 86, they were doing shit from 85, and that was the downfall. Yeah, yeah. Then it, then it sucked. Back to the future. Michael <laughs> Fox. That's an awesome movie. That's yes. 1985. That movie rules. Yes. But True story. Was, but it was filmed in 84. That's right. That's right. You bring up a, a great point. Yeah. There was some cool <laughs> thing. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Early 85. No. Elm Street was 84. The first was, one. Oh. Oh. I thought yep. it was early 85. Well, somebody no, the, said that to me. Yeah. No. The first one was 84. Okay. October of 84. I remember um, I, I saw on the same weekend, I believe, um, The Terminator and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And two, two movies. Two movies that spawned a bunch of sequels nowhere near the greatness of 84. That's right. Terminator. Gotta... Come on. Terminator of Disney, T2, and, you know, yeah. all the you know, I mean, Freddy had its moments, but then it came so cartoony. Did the first one, yeah. but that, I tell you, that's another thing I'm sick of. Man, I'm sick of all these motherfuckers think T2 is better than Terminator One. No way. Fuck, no way. No what? way. Fuck Schwarzenegger as a good guy. Schwarzenegger is a bad guy. That's where it's gone downhill. Make him a fucking bad guy again. You'll get my fucking money. That's when I like the, the fucking Terminator shit. Yeah, there's some good effects and everything in T2. But you got the, you know, fucking little Edward Furlong. Go kill him, Terminator. You know, fuck you. Fuck you. I like, you know, when, when Arnold in the first one was a bad motherfucker, man. He's killing everybody. The bass player and the guitar player against the drummer. And, and the singer loves everybody. And I'm just like, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Nobody, nobody needs to see that fucking shit again. Did you, did you ever have to suffer through Trickster Live? Uh, no, but I did go. I saw Striper at um, yeah, bad enough. I saw Striper, you know, when they became anti Christian, the against the law thing. Yeah, they played uh, the a little little bar on South Beach, which you know, I saw them in arenas before. And Trickster yeah. opened that show. Now, Trickster, I didn't know them yet, but I did get there late and I missed them, so I got oh, there lucky before, bastard. But, but I was at a show where Trickster played. Yes, that happened. Oh. That happened. Yeah, it, it's bad. You know, I think I've talked about it before. I, mine's even worse because I saw them on their second tour. It's bad enough, you know, they, they toured at all. But they put out a second album that nobody bought. 
But who took him on the road? Kiss. It was Trickster and uh, Great White on the Revenge Tour. And oh my God, was it fucking horrible. Horrible. Yeah. But yeah, I hope I hope they I hope they keep fighting. I hope they all die very soon before they can make amends. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I am the guy who wishes death. That's me. That's right. Oh, uh, and, and another thing that makes me happy: David Draymond's vocal issues forced cancellation of two disturbed concerts in on European tour, which is great. Europe's got enough fucking problems, you know, with the war in Ukraine. Last thing they need is disturbed playing concerts. <laughs> how was how that shit? Oh, my God. You know, uh, talking about YouTube earlier, I've been obsessed with this uh, YouTube channel lately that has all this old footage of MTV. From uh, we're, we're talking like early 80s and stuff. Uh, but they got some other shit, too. And, and there was a special uh, from 2000. And it was talking about the first, like, six years of MTV with the original BJs and everything. Uh, but the broadcast kept um, all the commercials in and everything. And, and there's a commercial for the first Disturbed record, you know, and I'm just like, God damn. How did, how did this shit blow up? Who listened to that shit and said, oh, yeah, I like that. Give me more. Fucking idiots. You know, you know what re really, really early MTV didn't have commercials? Uh, what they would do... You know, because they, they didn't have many videos either. So what they would do, they would show war footage for about 10, 15 minutes with some music playing. And then it would go back to the videos. That's really early MTV. They had no commercials at one time. Wow. See, I don't remember that. Uh, and it was funny watching uh, the video because they were talking about when MTV first launched, you know, they were out of New York and you couldn't even get... MTV in Manhattan. Uh, and in fact, they had their launch party in Jersey because Jersey had them on their cable network and Manhattan didn't. And where I lived in the suburbs of Chicago, we didn't get MTV till 84. I think early 84. Now, my dad at the time lived in um, central Illinois. And it was a big deal when I'd go see my dad because they had MTV. You know? So, yeah, MTV used to be fucking cool, man. Yeah, by 84, they were showing commercials. That was the last good year of MTV. Yeah. I, I say 85, personally. Like, your cutoff is 84, my cutoff's 85. Like, where we agree where the 80s took a took a bad turn. I still like some 85. Well, there's a so. lot of good 85 stuff because it was done in 84. Yeah. You know How can I, mean? I argue? How can I argue? You know, I mean, in 86, they were doing shit from 85, and that was a downfall. Yeah, yeah, then it, then it sucked. Back to the Future. Michael <laughs> K. Fox, that's an awesome movie. That's yes. 1985. That movie ruled. Yes, but true story. It was, but it was filmed in 84. That's right, that's right. You bring up a, a great point. Yeah, there was some cool <laughs> shit. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, early 85. No, Elm Street was 84, the first one. Oh, oh, I thought yep. it was really 85. Well, somebody no, the, said that to me. Yeah, no, the first one was 84. Okay. October of 84. I remember um, I, I saw on the same weekend, I believe, um, The Terminator and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and two, two movies 
two movies that spawned a bunch of sequels nowhere near the greatness of 84. That's right. Terminator, gotta... come on. Terminator of Disney, T2, and, you know. Yeah. All, you know, I mean, Freddy had its moments, but then it came so cartoony, did the first one. Yeah. Shit. But that, I tell you, that's another thing I'm sick of, man. I'm sick of all these motherfuckers think T2 is better than Terminator 1. No way. Fuck, no way. No way. Fuck Schwarzenegger as a good guy. Schwarzenegger is a bad guy. That's where it's gone downhill. Make him a fucking bad guy again. You'll get my fucking money. That's what I like the fucking Terminator shit. Yeah, there's some good effects and everything in T2. But you got the, you know, fucking little Edward Furlong. Go kill him, Terminator. You know, fuck you. Fuck you. I like, you know, what what. Arnold in the first one was a bad motherfucker, man. He's killing everybody. Yeah, that's, that's one thing, ladies and gentlemen, this new masturbation station out here in my garage at Casa de la Wad. I got a fridge out here, so I got the beer right here, but I still got to go in the house to piss. I want to get me a piss jug. The old lady, like, no, no, she's she drawing the line there. She, pour, she pulled a Sharon. Yeah, that's that's a total Sharon fucking Gloria, <laughs> Gloria Butler move. <laughs> no, they do stuff that will enhance your career. This has nothing for my career. It just it makes it easier not to go in the house and piss. Mm. But uh, but hey, it's nice having my beer out here. But yeah. uh, all right, next story. Now this one broke my fucking heart. I had no idea. And Ralph, let me know if you kn- if you knew this because I had no fucking clue. But Phil Collins explained why Adrian Smith didn't land the Death Leopard gig after the 1991 audition. Did you know that Adrian Smith auditioned for Death Leopard? No, I did not. I did not know that. And not only was he in the running, but John Sykes as well. What? Yes, and and they went with uh, they went with Viv. They said uh, Viv was the best fit. Uh, but apparently Adrian Smith was number two because uh, they really loved his vocals. And they're, they're saying that's something that, you know, they really loved about Viv as he could sing as well. But they said musically he was much more in tune with what they were doing. And I think, you know, they're kind of alluding to Adrian was a little bit too hard for him. But, oh, my God, would, have, would that have been horrible to see Adrian Smith go to fucking... Death Leopard. Oh my God! It would make sense though, because Adrian Smith is a little light and loafers. Go listen. Yeah. Reach out. That's no, no, no. Yeah, no. I, I, I know he is. You, you know the, the funny thing is, you know what I think would have been the best fit for him would have been John Sykes. I think John Sykes could have kept him commercial yet, you know, tuneful. Um, yeah, but they wouldn't let John Sykes crank. Right, exactly. You know, they don't let they why, don't let Vivian crank. No, no. But uh, you know, I was I was just so blown away by this. You know, I actually read the the whole article, and another thing that didn't help Adrian Smith's cause anymore is uh, I guess while he was doing the audition, he was like, "Ooh, look at me! I have two arms. Sure helps me to play guitar. Oh, uh-huh. my shirt." It's so much better because I got two arms. You oh, know? he did and, that. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's uh, you know English humor is 
is a little bit different than ours, you know. But I, I think it's fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I actually uh, Adrian Smith went up a couple points now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank God he never joined. Uh, he never joined Def Leppard. That would have been if terrible. he would have joined Def Leppard. Iron Maiden would be Dave Murray and Yannick Gears. He wouldn't go back to Maiden. Oh hell no! Nope. <laughs> hell no. Because his heart's in the pop shit. He's yeah, not, he's not a metal guy, dude. I mean, he got sick of it. He was in the beginning. Now, nah, yeah. like, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing it because my solo shit didn't do anything. So, let me go back with these yeah. guys and play that horrible metal music. Yeah, I've got a, a few of his. I got his, you know, his debut solo album, and then he had a band called Psycho Motel, and I mean, it's, I, I mean, it, it makes Tattooed Millionaire sound like fucking Slayer. And that that Coxon shit wasn't good either. Oh no, no. Yeah. And, and it's a damn shame because uh, you know Richie Coxon is one of those incredible talented guitar. Oh, he's awesome. I love the Winery Dog. I love his solo uh, stuff too. I mean, I mean, guy, guy can play anything, and he's prettier than most chicks, you know. But uh, yeah, he puts out some pussy shit, and then that shit was terrible. But speaking of terrible, oh my god, I I, I don't know who's gonna buy this shit. But Judas Priest just celebrated the 15th anniversary of Nostradamus with uh, three special T-shirts. I, uh, I, I love that album, man. Really, uh, that's one of those I keep re reloading. I I, I I put it in my phone. I take it out of my phone. I put it in. I take it out. I'm I'm like I, I don't know. I I I've got to warm up to this shit. It's it's. It's fucking priest, you know. It's like fuck. I warmed up the goddamn ram it down, you know. But uh, nah, I just I, it, it's it's too fucking virgin metal for me, man. I just uh, yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Well, uh, uh, Mitch Malloy describes his time with Great White as exhausting chaos, and uh, that sounds about right because. If you ever listened to any of the live tracks of Mitch Malloy with Great White, it was exhausting chaos. Did dude, you ever hear any of that? Dude, I saw it live. Mm. They played one of those pre-crew shows that had Raven and Madame X and uh, Cold Sweat. You know, I mean, they were all good. Yeah. And then when Great White came on, I, I mean, I, I spent most of the time just walking around, but... Here and there, I'd stop and look at it for a second, going, God damn, this shit sucks. So, yeah, I actually got to witness it live. No, I've never bothered to listen to it on the internet. Because mm. watching it live once, that was enough for me. Oh, man, yeah, it, it was horrible. That guy sucks. Man. Yeah, he does. That, that guy sucks. I, I'm, I'm so glad he never recorded with Van Halen. I mean, Van Sharon was bad enough, you know. And then Van Hagar. Speaking of which, I wasn't going to bring this up on the show, but I figured, fuck it. Uh, you know, full transparency. Uh, you know, I know I said I took time off of Facebook, you know, because I had other shit going on. But I actually got banned from Facebook for uh, 30 days. Did you know? It's fucking 2023. Did you know that you cannot make death threats to Sammy Hagar's son? 
No, I didn't. That, know. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. <laughs> I thought I thought only for him it'd be it'd be legal. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's like and the worst part is it's it's like he didn't even read my post. I said, "Kill your dad." Yeah, <laughs> I said, "Kill yourself." You know, I don't know. Uh, his, his kid's just as bad. No sense of humor. Well, uh, uh, puss be got puss. That's what I say. Ugh. All right. Well, Jeff Tesla's Jeff Keith says we play live. We don't roll no tape. And I believe that man. There's a rock and roll band, man. Fucking Tesla. That's a goddamn rock and roll band. Uh, too bad they can't figure out what the fuck's going on with Troy Lucetta. But I still say, man, you know, you don't drink, you ain't cool, you know. So they're doing great with uh, Mick Brown. I wish they'd get, uh, you know, Skio back in the band. But uh, I love me some Tesla. They're putting out a new live album. But uh, Tesla's been putting out live albums like fucking Maiden puts out live albums. You know, they play a gig, they put out a live album. But... uh, Man, I, I, I miss some good old fucking just straightforward hard rock like that, man. Good goddamn. You ever seen Tesla live? Yeah, I saw him a bunch of times. I saw him on the first album, open for Leopard. I saw them open for, I think it was Aerosmith on the second album. I saw him headline Rock Never Stops Tour or some shit like that with Quiet Riot and Ted, not, not Ted Nugent, Damn Yankees. Yeah, I've seen Tesla a bunch of times. And I saw them with uh sticks and uh who was it sticks def leopard and, and tesla i was at that one i've seen a good fuck good fucking live band man good live band yeah yeah good shit well your buddy bobby gustison says increased touring costs are to blame for his exit from violence and he also says uh the name satan's taint is to blame for nobody buying the satan's taint albums um god damn it i love bobby man we gotta get bobby on this fucking show i'll talk to him yeah we, we gotta work that out man he i love watching interviews with this guy there, there's just no bullshit no filter he would fit in perfect with this fucking show uh i, I think he'd be he'd be fun to talk to man and a goddamn good guitar player too my favorite him and jeff waters are my two favorite thrash guitars man and uh I, I, he's so fucking good. I like that last violence EP. That's how good he is. Yeah, he's so good. They needed two guitar players to replace him. That's right. God damn it. We got to get Bobby on this show. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's something that uh, I don't miss, or I'm sorry, I do miss from being on Facebook <laughs> is all your hatred for Slipknot. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> Original Slipknot frontman Anders Golgovsonini. Uh, anyway, he's saying on their uh, demo, he's going on tour doing the demo with, uh, I think, a guitar player from Mushroom Head. Which I, I, are you familiar with Mushroom Head? They're just like Slipknot, they wear the I masks. Saw, I saw them yeah. open for Wasp the night that. Black. Yeah. He wanted to kick ass that night. Yeah, I, I saw him open up for Wasp too. Yeah, yeah, they're about what and what, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they were the, they were shitty. About the same, but I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, Corey Taylor said, 
that he thinks this guy will crush it, you know, uh, doing that. And I, I thought that was nice of him. You know, he's not out slamming the guy or, you know, oh, you're trying to cash in on this. He's like, ah, no, nah, he was there for those songs. He's going to do a great job. I thought that was kind of cool. I want to like Corey Taylor. You know what I mean? I, I, I think he's a good singer when he sings. But everything he does sucks except for covers. You know what I mean? Slipknot sucks. I, I mean, I like Iowa. I, I'll admit it. I like Iowa. Uh, but I, I hate Stone Sour. His solo album was terrible. But man, he's got a voice. He's just, he's got to find a good band. You know? The fuck? Fuck him. That's what, yeah, fuck him. You're right. You're right, fuck boss. Him. Fuck yeah. him straight up the ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Team Ralph. Yeah, yeah, Team Ralph. <laughs> Uh, oh, th this was a funny story. Billy Corgan recalls telling Pantera to shut the fuck up about Pantera. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, it's funny because I saw he did a uh, he did a YouTube video. I think it was for Revolver, where he was picking his you know like favorite metal albums. Great list. I mean, I mean you know, but you know, I just laughed back thinking of, like when these guys were big. Would they ever admit to listening to that shit? That's you know? the part that burns me so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying he didn't listen to these albums. I'm not saying he didn't like them. But uh, it sure wasn't fucking cool to wave the flag back then for metal. You know what I mean? And yeah, yes. that does piss me off. And I, brought and, up, uh, I brought up the other day how grunge bands were helped by metal bands before they were famous. Like I saw Soundgarden open for Voivod. I saw yeah. Alice in Chains open the Thrash of the Titans tour. And, yeah. and I've seen a lot of these bands. Uh, Exodus took out uh, Screaming Trees. I mean, but yeah. then when then when the grunge uh, got popular, they would not touch a metal band. They'd get Reverend Horton and all this right. alternative shit. They turned their back on metal. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, no, and what's funny is, uh, you know, like some of the shit you were mentioning, it was the heavier bands that took the grunge out and was like, hey, this is a cool band. And, you know, they turned their back on those bands like they were fucking hair metal. And, they, and that's, yeah, that's a fucking kick in the fucking teeth. You know? But... You know, I, I saw Pantera when Pantera was slamming Metallica. And it was absolutely right. You know, I always laugh about how when I saw the, uh, it was Pantera on the uh, Great Southern Trend Kill Tour. They did the co-headlining tour with uh, White Zombie and Death Tones were opening up. And the Death Tones had a shirt where their logo was like the Metallica logo. And Phil picked it up on stage. He goes, oh, it looks like a Metallica logo. And he wipes his ass with it, throws it out in the fucking crowd. Yeah. Uh, but he was absolutely right. He was calling Metallica out when, you know, they fucking sucked. And it's, it's funny. I went back and saw some videos that time where Lars went on Howard Stern. And then he starts ragging on Pantera like, oh, we knew them when they were a glam band. They don't want to talk about that shit, though, do we? You know, it was a funny back and forth. But, you know, I loved when... Pantera called Metallica out, man, because Metallica were the biggest fucking sellouts and turned their back on fucking metal, bigger than any grunge band. I think if Metallica. You ask, if you ask me, Glam Pantera 
was miles better than fucking 90s Metallica. Miles, oh, yeah. Miles. Right. Right. They were glam but, looking. They really didn't have that. A couple of glammy type songs, but it was mostly traditional metal and Van Halen type shit. Yeah. But yeah, but, but Metallica were far bigger offenders than any of the grunge bands because not only did they distance themselves, but, you know, who did they take out on tour with them? And that's one of the things Phil was calling them out for. Like, you're taking out Days of the New and Limp Biscuit, you know, when you could be taking out metal bands. Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah, fuck Metallica up their Born. fucking... I, fuck, fuck their 72 seasons up their ass. Motherfuckers. All right, next story. What are we looking at here? Anything I give a shit about? Fucking Motley Crue. Fuck Motley Crue. Fuck Motley Crue. But you know what? More than fuck Motley Crue, fuck, fuck the people who go see Motley Crue. I'm sorry. I love you, Johnny Vogan, but right up your butthole. I want I, uh, I want Man of War to kill Motley Crue. Uh, uh, I, I want Motley Crue and Man of War to fuck little kids on stage and film it, and then every, the stadium blows up. <laughs> fuck, fuck them all. <laughs> you know? That's a crazy idea there. Well, you know, I'm an idea man. <laughs> I, I forgot who uh, it was. I forgot who it was that that I what was it that I said? I said some shit about oh, I made a post about Patty Smythe how she sucks. Yeah, <laughs> with his Rolling Stones darling. I was listening to that album. Horse. Are, are you talking about? Are you talking about? You're talking about Patty Smith, not Patty Smythe. Yeah, Patty Smith. Yeah, I was listening to her album because you know this, I'm not gonna go and bash the bitch unless I hear her music. But I was right. like, oh, yeah, this is uh, Rolling Stones Darling. Let me listen to her album, the popular one called Horse. Horses, yeah, yeah. And, and it was horrible. And then I I made a post about how it sucked. And I can't remember who it was, but some guy said to me, well, I love her because she beat up Ted Nugent. And I was like, well, I, I'd rather listen to Ted Nugent than her any day because Ted Nugent rocks. So then he says, yeah. Well, Ted Nugent is a pedophile and blah blah blah. And then I said, "Hey, if I was, if I only own records from bands that weren't douchebags, I only have Rush and Armored Saint albums, right?" And then he yeah. said, "Then he said after that, well, yeah, I mean, I am a fan of Aerosmith, and 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 Steven Tyler was a pedo." And my reply to him was, "Pedos rock." <laughs> yeah. And you know the fucked up thing about that is, you know, nobody ever blames the kids. <laughs> just saying. That reminds me of I gotta bring up the story I probably brought up before. The great Kevin Warhouse. Oh, I love him. Yeah, when Michael Jackson was, you know, con uh, accused of molesting kids. Yeah. He had Kevin on, and Kevin goes, "What? Well, what makes you think the kid didn't want it?" Yeah. That shit you know, was awesome. It's, it's a valid point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid point. I know I right. didn't want it. Uh, let's see here. I, I, I didn't want it at all. You know who molested me when I was a kid? Who? Danny Hagar. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. In both fucking ears. He molested all of us. <laughs> you, cannot, uh, you cannot like Sammy Hagar and be on Team Ian. Am I right? Yes. Yes, that's a, that's, a, that's a negative right off the bat. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Right> <laughs> you know what? You can't uh, be on Team Ralph either. 
Yeah, I'm not saying I won't fuck you, but you ain't fucking me, I'll tell you that much, yeah. goddamn. I know. So, I, I saw this ad, uh, this band's still fucking around, Beat Talica. Have you ever heard of Beat Talica? Well, yeah, you know, I, I watched the video the other day. I don't know if I ever heard of them before, but I watched it, and I was like, eh, whatever. You know what it reminded me of when I saw this? Uh, you know, you and me are old enough. Remember Dread Zeppelin? Yes. Remember when that was a thing? Boy, did that suck. Yeah, horrible. Boy, did that. And, and, and I was dumb enough to buy that shit. I actually bought one of their albums. I was like, I got to check this out. This sounds kind of good. It sucked. It sucked. I think they're still together. Dread Zeppelin or Metallic? Oh, God. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, no, best, the best of those bands is Max Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah, that, they, that I dig. They play like Black Sabbath and, and sing about food. You know who's coming near me I want to go see is the Iron Maidens. Oh, yeah. That all chick and Maiden band. Have you ever seen them? No, but they were down here a few times, but I never went. I've seen shit online, man. I, I think they rock. Yeah, you go see it. Right on. All right. Well, uh... I might have to take a pass on this, but I don't know. You might buy this, or, or you know, one of your fans might buy this for you. But Ghost is going to re, re, uh, release an extended Imperia box set in July. Yeah, I was kind of pissed seeing that because I bought Imperia, and then I bought this latest uh, covers album that I fucking hate. Every song on it. Oh, really? Except for the Genesis cover is awesome. But that really, really that, that 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 that's the one you like, huh? I like the Genesis version. Yeah, better than oh. Genesis. Way better than Genesis. And uh, but every other cover was horrible on there, especially Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. Well, well, you saw you saw what uh, uh, Paul Diano said about that, yeah. right? Yeah, he yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought the Genesis one sucked, honestly. And I don't think I listened to the whole thing. I mean, I downloaded it. But uh, I like the the cover of television, uh, See No Evil. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like yeah. any of it. I didn't like any of it. But, but do, you, do you like the original? Do you like television? I never, I never heard it. No, I never heard oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it's a nice looking box set. But, uh, yeah. Isn't, it's isn't like, it like 200 bucks, though? Uh, I think it was like 160 Okay. I mean, for what you get, I mean, it's not that bad, but I thought that album sucked fucking donkey, you know? I, I, man, Ghost just keeps fucking letting me down, man. I keep wanting, you know, maybe, you know, that, that's my fault. I just want the first album over and over, and I ain't getting it. They I just love, keep getting I love prequel. Yeah. There's some shit I liked on it, you know? Uh, but there's some shit I fucking hate on it too, like that uh, dance macabre or macabre or whatever the yeah, fuck. I love you. Oh, oh, I fucking hate that shit. Um, all right, uh, next story. Uh, Peter Baltas or Balta, whatever the fuck, dude from Accept. Uh, he says uh, on why he quit Accept. He says I found out some things that are not really nice, uh, but he didn't elaborate. Uh, and I, I read the whole fucking thing, man, because I, I hate him not being an accept. 
I, I think that sucks. I mean, it's cool he's playing with Udo and everything, but you know, like Accept is so like beat down. I mean, we, and we have friends in Accept, <laughs> you know, who you know, great musicians and they're doing a great job, you know. But it's like, man, every time you lose an, a, another member out of Accept, it's like fuck. Now you're just down to Wolf. Um, but that doesn't say exactly what it was, but I got a pretty good idea what it is. Fucking money. <laughs> you know? Oh, I bet you know, I bet you that's what it is, and it sucks, man. Because, um, I mean, we interviewed uh, Christopher Williams on the show. I know you talked to the other guys on your show. Uh, great musicians, and I'm enjoying. I, I really love this, the, the fucking TT Quick fucking accept, man. I really do. Well, you know, much better than that uh, eat the heat bullshit, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that's what it gets down to. These bands that are long in the tooth, man. Somebody's, it's who can make the most fucking money, you know. And I guarantee you, you know, you see this shit that's going on now with um, um, Queensryche, <laughs> you know. And I'm thinking, it's like, man, if I got a day off because it's not too far from me, I might go to court just to see this shit with the Scott Rockenfield and, uh, you know, suing uh, Wilton and uh, and uh, Eddie Jackson. You know, you know, I, I got to bring this up, man, because I didn't think I haven't thought of that till right now. Dude, you think this shit would fly in the 80s? You think Queensryche can survive the 80s without Jeff Tate and Chris DeGarma and Scott Rockenfield? You think Accept can survive the 80s with Chuck Wolf in the band? Well, I mean, well, the perfect answer to that is is no. I mean, look what happened to Accept when Eat the Heat came out. Yeah. yeah. Nope. But now people are just drawn, you know, grasping at straws. Yeah, people you know? people back then care. You know, and, and you said it perfectly. Uh, you know, we're doing a show on a dying fucking subject, <laughs> you know? Rock and metal, man. This shit, this shit's probably gonna die when we die, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, there's gonna be some younger people like you know, Dick Twakins and shit like that, you know, and Connor Stratton and you know Trinity and other people who keep it alive a little bit. But all the bands that we really give a shit about, you got about five years left, you know, with one member. Yeah, exactly. You know, but no, back then people, you're right, people did care about this shit. It was about quality. There was too much competition. You know, people you know? like glow about this title of Delatory Queens, right? Yeah, yeah. it's better than anything they've done after Mind Crime. I will admit that. It's yeah. A piece of, but does it touch everything from the EP to Mind Crime? It doesn't even come close. Not even no. close. No, but I really like that last album. I will say that. I thought that. the last album was the best one they've done with Todd so far. Oh yeah, no, I, I really, I was, I was surprised because uh, you know the other ones with Todd, I kind of skimmed through but didn't listen to all the way. Man, that last one, that digital whatever the fuck it is, uh, I listened to that all the way through. I was like, God damn, you know, good. But is it fucking Minecraft good? No, it ain't even Empire good. You know, you know, it's not even in the same ballpark as Mind Crime and everything. No, no, no. But uh, you know, but it, but that shows you how bad off we are now. Like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's good. Okay, you know, it's better than the other shit I'm hearing. You know, 
And Cole, oh, let me tell you, and, and uh, you know, I'm part of the scene. I go to club shows. I go see local acts all the time. No, no fucking local act can pack a place like a cover band. Cover band pack places. Oh yeah. Local bands that do original music, you'd be lucky to get ten people there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the age we live in now. When I was a kid, we'd go out there to discover new bands and cover. Yeah, probably cover bands would get like a lot of the older folks to go see them that gave up on going on shows and gave up on new music. But cover band today, that's how you make a living. Oh yeah, there's a uh, there's a really cool theater not too far from me that uh, you know they they play current movies, but they play like retro movies and shit too, which is really cool. But uh, they also have like a big uh, bar section where they have bands, and it's all like you know Metallica cover band, you know Maiden cover. That's where the Iron Maidens are going. You know, Sabbath cover bands, you know, shit like that. Because, you know, people want that same music and the new bands just aren't giving it to them. And and in fact, even, you know, the old bands aren't giving it to you. You know, so so many of these these legacy bands, and this will come into play in the next story, but they're not giving you what they used to. You know, it's like, motherfuckers need to be thankful they got firepower. Firepower is a rare example of a legacy band giving you something in current times that can stand with the past. But most of these bands don't give you anything even fucking close. You know, so yeah, you know, and uh, I know it's a band uh, most people that listen to this show can't stand, but I think that the lyric is so poignant and it's a U2 song where he said, uh, you glorify the past when the future's dried up. And I kind of think that's where we're at, you know? Yeah. That's why we're all we're still talking about, you know, albums from 40 and 50 fucking years ago, because the new shit that's coming out just ain't floating the boat. And I get, the, you know, there's so much truth to the fucking, you know, timeline and shit like that. I get that. But still, bands are not putting out the quality music that they used to. Well, and, I mean, I, I'm kind of stuck in the past when it comes to new bands. Because I think there's a lot of great new bands out there that, that play music that from my youth. Nothing new. Right. I'm, I'm a metalhead. I mean, yes, I love ABBA. I love Oasis. I love all this shit. Right. You know, deep down inside, my favorite genre of music is metal. I realize now, after since 1979, I'm always going to be a metalhead. And I'm always going to love traditional metal. Even if it's a new band just retreading what happened in the past, I love right. what's going on in Canada now with the new wave of traditional metal. So many right. bands, Riot City and, uh, you know, uh, Midnight, uh, I forget. But there's a million killer bands in Canada now that it sounds like that 80s shit. I love it. Right. I, you know, I love a lot of the, the primal fear and all that shit that's been around. Well, like a prime example, I think of that would be Night Demon. You know, is a band we both love. Yeah. You, you know, but they're they're not breaking new ground. You know, they're no. treading. You know, and, they, just, uh, they they just played Japan. Um, yeah. Brian Wilson's their drummer, my boy. My my drummer's their drummer now. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. Well, we can announce that now. I know you told me that on the oh, QT yeah. on the yeah, DL, yeah. but I could oh, I could yeah. announce well, it. 
Yeah, I can announce it now. He's touring with them, and they, my friend, you remember my 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 friend Kathy? She moved to Colorado. Yeah. They're gonna play over there soon, so they're touring. You know. Yeah. He quit. No, it, he quit Ingve, by the way. Oh, he quit Ingve. And and Ingve took it very well. Oh. Yeah. Good, good for fucking Ingve. Man, nobody wants to see that shit with Ingve singing. I mean, come on now. Nobody wants to see that shit. But yeah, but I mean, getting back to bands like Night Demon, and even the bands, you know, that I love, uh, that are newer bands, well, they're not even new anymore, but shit like, you know, Uncle Acid and shit, man. It's, it's all about that retro sound. And if you think about it, I think really, like, aside from Pantera, uh, the last, like, new trend, I think, that moved metal forward was Thrash. You know, I, I I really do. I mean, I, take your death metal. <laughs> you know, I, I think thrash was the last genre that elevated the metal scene and took it to the next level. And then you had Pantera that, you know, for better or for worse, you know, the groove metal, what people call. But other than that, I mean, what was the last movement? New metal? Yeah, it's, you know, and, and and you you haven't had a new movement in metal since new metal, and the bands that we like are retro style bands. Yeah, it's you know, dead, but, dude. Our music's dead. Yeah. the shit we love is never going to be as popular as the '80s stuff. But right. hey, I, I mean, I buy it. You know, I, I you know I do it to support and this and that, but. There's not a lot of people like me out there, and these bands are struggling. And Spotify ain't paying shit. It's a dead dead fucking art. That's why it's 50 bucks for a fucking t-shirt when you go to a show now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, I still haven't got to listen to it yet, but you said it sucks. Um, The new Alice Cooper single, I'm Alice, no good, huh? Horrible. Yeah. don't think the guy's done anything good since Bob Ezrin started working with him again. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think he's done anything uh, since the Alice Cooper band broke up. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong. I I, Dirty, I, Dirty Diamonds, as I thought. Yeah, Dirt, Dirt, Dirty Diamonds and Eyes of Alice Cooper were good. But even that, that was like Alice Cooper. That That's what I loved about that. That was Alice Cooper copying Alice Cooper. Yeah. Copying the Alice Cooper band style. But Alice Cooper, ever since the original band broke up, he's chased whatever trend is popular. When Cock Rock's trendy, he did that. You know, when Indust, you know, he did his Maryland fucking Cooper shit with Brutal Planet. And I love Brutal Planet, don't get me wrong. But he's jumped to whatever's fucking popular. But without that songwriting team of the original band, without Michael Bruce writing that shit, you know. Well, it, well, yeah, I'm with you. There's uh, the best Alice is the Alice Cooper band. I just mm-hmm. happen to like. I love this blackout period. I love a lot of this black. Music. Yeah, I mean, I mean, go, and by all means, go see the man live because you will not be disappointed. You're going to hear the great songs. You know, they're you know the band that he has playing with him can replicate, but they can't write. You know. And that's a problem with a lot of these bands, you know, with all these replacement members. They can get anybody to play the parts, but can you write new songs that equal, you know, what you did in the past? You know, and is there a time limit 
on, on how long you can be relevant and write current shit, you know. You go to movies. I love, love fucking Tarantino movies. And Tarantino saying he's quitting after his next one because he believes great directors only have so many movies in them. And then they start making shitty movies. And I, I think it happens with artists as well. You know, I, to me, the greatest rock and roll band of all time is the Rolling Stones. But are you going to tell me Steel Wheels stands up with fucking sticky fingers? You know, I still want to go see them live. But I mean, does does there reach a point where the well is dry and you're, you're just going and, you know, glorifying the good old days? You know, is there only so much shit in there? I, I think to a point, yeah. The only thing that I think that doesn't affect is this show because we keep getting better. Oh, yeah. You know, but these... And we got all those old fucks that still listen to that listen to that old music. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's a it's a shame, you know, but it's one of those things like you listen to the song I didn't. And, you know, fucking 30, 40 years ago I would have first day, oh I gotta hear this. And and now I'm like, uh, new Alice Cooper, produced by Bob Ezrin. Uh, I'll check it out tomorrow. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I had a bad feeling it's gonna be exactly what you fucking said. Yeah, it, it it really did. Uh, really, it, it was just poor. I just didn't like it. And uh, you know, while we're on that topic, and I, I know you could give two fucking flying fucks about this fucking band, but uh, something I personally found disappointing uh, was the new Queens of the Stone Age album. Huge fan of Caius. Huge fan of Queens of the Stone Age. But the last, like, three or four albums, it's like, all right, there's, you know, there, there's some okay stuff on there, but it, it, it's not the first couple albums. And I think the magic in the first, you know, I would say four Queens of the Stone Age studio albums is it was constantly new members, you know, and, and different people, you know, it was like almost like a hippie commune of different people with different ideas contributing and it kept the music fresh. And, uh, you know, especially when you had Nick Oliveri, because you had Nick Oliveri would do like the heavier punk songs, but then he could do lighter songs too. But you had the yin and the yang. They were kind of like the Steely Dan of, of stoner rock, you know, where you have two main guys and then they just picked the best musicians to, to fill out the rest and to add little shit here and there. But for the most part, he's kept the same lineup, which is very un- Queens of the Stone Age. And I got the new one and I listened to it and it's just like, man, this is a band that when they came out, I was like, oh, yes, this is so new and like cool and different and vibrant. And uh, man, I heard the new album. I was like, eh, same old shit I heard on the last three albums. You know, not, nothing that fucking grabs me by the boo-boo and goes, oh, yeah, you know. And, uh, you know, disappointing, you know, sucks. But, you know, you, you said it before. We had a good fucking run. We're, we're at the end of it. And uh, uh, I think I, I, I guess think you and me. We had the best run, if you ask me. You know, who? Yeah, no. I didn't know anybody in, 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 that was into Frank Sinatra and Benny Goodman and Lauren right. in the early 80s. And that was 40 years prior to that. So now we're 40 years after the 80s, 
and it's still going. I mean, but it, you know, I'm talking about chart success. It lasted all the way through, like you know, the late '90s. Yeah. Before downloading came out, and it just fucked it up for everybody. It was still selling. So yeah. I mean, it's it, our music kicks ass, and it lasted the longest. But it's dead. Come on. All the yeah. kids today want to hear shit that is not performed by humans. You yeah. know? And you know what sucks? You know who I just had to turn my fucking back on? Oh, this fucking killed me. Fucking killed me. Uh, there's a video up of Joey Belladonna doing karaoke. And uh, they give a list of songs he did. And, and, and the artists are Dio... Jethro Toll, Rush, and Van Halen. So I go through the list. I was like, please, please no, please no, please no. What what Van Halen song you think Joey Belladonna oh, karaoke? Well, he did a Sammy Hagar song, huh? Right now, Jesus Christ. Joey Belladonna is the man who got me into thrash. When I was having a hard time with thrash because of the vocals, because of the drums, it was just so foreign to me. It was so like, you know, but Joey Belladonna to me was that awesome bridge of like a really good singer with this like heavy music. And, you know, through Anthrax, I was able to get into Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica, you know, all these other great thrash bands that I love. But... He, he's saying right now, he's dead to me. Yeah, he, you know, I, did I tell you about the Journey tribute I saw him on? Uh-huh. You know, he was great and all, but, you know, before the show, me and my friend went to the back of the club, and there he is. So we go up to him, and this, his little fucking, I don't know, his little lackey stopped us. No, you can't meet him. Oh, cool. You can meet him inside later. You can't meet him now. I was like, oh, fuck. All right, whatever, you know. So, you know, we watch him. By the way, I mean, the set list could have been better. It was too yeah. much on radio crap on it. Right. And the show is over. And, you know, there's a line of people to meet Joey Belladonna. So me and Greg get in line. And this guy comes walking out going, fuck that. And I knew the dude. I was like, what happened? He's like, dude, they want 60 bucks to take a picture with Joey. I was like, oh, let's fuck that shit. Yeah, that, that sucks, man. Because uh, I could almost see, like, you know, Joey's older. Uh, you know, older than all the guys in Anthrax. I could almost see if, like, where it's he don't want to meet people because he's scared of COVID and shit like that, you know, because that should have kill you when you're that age. But when it's just a, oh, we just want money, you know, it's like, uh yeah. And you know, you sing Sammy Hagar. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I've been kind of, eh, you know, on the two, you know, latest Anthrax albums with him. If this new fucking Anthrax album ain't fucking killer, uh, Joey, you're on my shit list as much as I love you. What What are but, the odds that the next Anthrax album is going to be killer? Yeah, you're right. You're. I. I. I, I, I I just have hope because I know, I know what they're capable of. You know, I, I, okay, look, look at the two songwriters. And, and I'm going to get into this later in this long-ass show because I just saw Scott Ian perform live. You know, your main writers are Charlie Benente and Scott Ian. 
Look at the shit they've written in the past. Not even just fucking Anthrax. S.O.D. I mean, I mean, look at the riffs and the fucking shit that those two have done and come up with. You know? But, you know, these people who think, you know, Farewell to Kings or whatever the fuck, that last For All Kings, that shit was fucking terrible. You know, and Worship Music had a couple of good songs on it, but, you know, you're real far from, you know goddamn fucking uh you know what was the second one friend of the team yeah you know you're long fucking ways from that but uh all right fuck it next abortion oh my god was this fucking horrible this fucking horrible and i i hold you responsible for this ralph a little bit i must say Uh oh yeah uh dave lombardo and chris poland teamed up with graham bonnet and Rick Wakeman for a cover of Pink Floyd's San Tropez. What's San on? I don't know that song. That's on metal. Oh, okay. I know. And, and, and it is, it's a totally left field song for Pink Floyd, but it is one of my favorites, for, you know, probably for that reason. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a Roger vocal. But I mean, musically, it's just like so weird and almost kind of like old timey song, but it's just so like smooth and jazzy and awesome. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, and and when I see Lombardo in Poland, I'm like, I can see both of them really pulling it off because I know both Lombardo and Poland can do the jazz as well as the thrash. Rick Wakeman, I mean, I'm a casual, if you even want to call it that, yes fan, but I you know, hey, he fucking played on Black Sabbath albums. I respect his talent. Then he got this fucking Billy Idol wannabe Graham Bonnet motherfucker. Oh my God, it is so fucking horrible. I, I even implore you as a Graham Bonnet apologist, you know, go listen to the original, uh, you know, the Pink Floyd track and then listen to this one. It, it's fucking horrible. It's fucking, but it's so bad, I can't even put all of the blame on Graham Bonnet. I almost got to put the blame on everybody. It just, it works on no level whatsoever. Fucking horrible. And, and, and again, I was happy because, ooh, you know, everybody covers certain Pink Floyd songs. Nobody covers Central Pay, you know? What a piece of fucking shit. Piece of fucking shit. All right, next story. Grandma and Wolf. Oh, he sucks. Fuck you. I hope you meet oh. Man of War one day. Oh, I'm a little too old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else I give a shit about? Uh, or that you would possibly give a shit about? Uh, oh, man. Skid Row can't catch a break. They had to cancel a bunch of shows because, uh, you know, Cancer Boy, their lead singer's fucking shit. Now they had to cancel more shows because Rachel Boland's sick. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, they just, they've been cursed on this European tour. Uh, At least Sebastian's still not with them. Yeah, exactly. That's a good thing. Exactly. But, you know, Sebastian's not with anybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. he can't even get, get nobody to go play with him. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. This is, this is something, um, I, I just popped in my head the other day because, you know, you got that festival. 
going on uh, in October, you know, where they do Coachella. They're doing that that Power Trip Festival this year. You're aware of that, right? I heard the ticket sales weren't that good. Yeah, I've heard that too. But, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, I think it's like Tool and Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, uh, ACDC, and somebody else. There's like two main headliners each night. But anyway, but everybody's saying like the big thing is ACDC, of course, because they haven't played with Brian Johnson in so long. And uh, man, I was driving in my car yesterday and ACDC came up on, on the on the radio. Well, not on the radio, on my phone. You know, I'll link it up. But Spellbound came on. God damn, do I love that fucking song. And I was just thinking, how amazing would it be if you saw ACDC and they just whipped out Spellbound? Yeah, I'd be the shit. They never played that, though. Yeah, never. But I'm like, that, that, that's what you, I, I'd rather hear that than Money Talks. I saw that tour. They didn't play it. Yeah. Yeah. But fuck Money Talks. That song sucks. Money Talks. The fun, I saw this thing on that song. That song is their biggest hit or biggest charting hit. And they yeah. kept playing it after that tour. Well, that's good. Yeah, that song sucks. Because it stinks. Uh, here's another story. Here's another story. You did a video on this I watched. Because I, I love to watch your videos on the YouTube. Uh, but this thing about uh, Michael Monroe having a touching and wonderful encounter with Motley Crue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you brought up so many great points. Yeah. If it would have been fucking Vince that died, yeah. Vince would be like Randy Rhodes. Yep. You know. Uh, you know, but then again, you know. Vince is already Randy Rhodes to me because he killed Hanoi Rocks. And I, I think that's almost a better achievement than anything he did in Motley Crue. Oh! Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're not a fan. Not a fan. Not good music. I don't. I remember buying into this shit because, uh, you know, you'll remember this, Ralph. You were there at the time. Remember what a big deal they made about Hanoi Rocks when Axl Rose said they were a big yeah. influence? Yeah. And uh, and Axl had this Uzi Suicide record label for about, you know, it, it didn't even last as long as fucking Simmons Records. But he he went and re-released like three or four Hanoi Rocks albums. And because I thought Guns N' Roses shit fucking Tiffany Cufflinks, you know, I went out and bought two of them. And it was fucking horrible. Fucking horrible. Yeah. And while I'm at it, while I'm at it, fuck Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, they're they're coming here and I'm thinking, what a piece of shit band has not released anything in, what, 40, you know, 30 fucking years. And still wants you to go out there and to see them with three keyboard players. A chick! I'm sorry. Sorry. But a chick! You know... Uh, come on, come I on! I saw I saw rumblings online of people getting oh look at the set list though they're doing all these songs I haven't played for years yeah bad obsession shitty song yeah anything goes shitty song uh, there's a couple other ones they haven't done for years that are all shitty yeah nobody cares I mean well of course a lot of people care because Guns N' Roses pack stadiums with casual fans. Yeah, well, I I, I, I got a, a, 
you know, fucking, I got a drunk call from Chuck Charles Manson. Uh, he said, did you see they're playing Don't Cry 3? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know? Wow. Uh, yeah, what what a piece of shit, man. But yeah, fuck Hanoi Rocks. You know, god damn. You know, they, they, they were terrible. I liked terrible. one song. I, I liked Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but... And that got me. I was like, "Oh, yeah." And, and, and what does that say about you? Well, it said that suck. But my my part, yeah. my my thing is, I heard that song and I was like, "Whoa, this shit's good." And I didn't buy no Hanoi Rocks, but I had a friend of mine that had some, and I played it, you know, at his house, and uh, it was, I was horrified. I was like, "Man, the only good song is Boulevard of Broken Dreams." Yeah, they, they suck. suck. Yeah, they, they do suck. I I. I well, I mean, I only heard two of the albums, so they both suck. Well, here's some good news. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I, mean, I didn't watch the video, but I just saw the picture, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, but it says, ex-Iron Maiden singer Blaze Bailey released his first video message after undergoing quadruple bypass. And just looking at the fucking picture, this guy looks like he lost, like, fucking... 60 80 pounds wow he looks fantastic nice. and uh and I, I i'm pulling for blaze i i still that's one of those things you know you those bands just say oh i'm gonna check this out i'm gonna give it a chance because i i fucking hate those blaze made numbs those things suck but everybody's like oh check out this solo album check out that and and you know including you and a lot of other people who I respect your opinion, you know, so I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, he deserves a second chance. But then you say some stupid shit like, uh, you like Boulevard of Broken Dreams and shit, so I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I wrote but any Yeah, but anyway, uh, like seeing the guy, you know, lose that much weight and stuff, you know, good for him. I don't wish death on him. I wish him a long, happy life, unlike Sammy Hagar and his son, who I wish death. Oh, See you in another 60 days, Facebook, you fucking assholes. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to give up this person's name. I'll tell you off the air, but I know a guy that toured with Blaze. He said mm -hmm. Blaze was a total prick. Really? Yeah, and lost his shit because they, they lit up a joint in the tour bus. He lost wow. his shit. And I was, he said he was a complete cocksucker. But I ain't going to tell you. Wow. I'll tell you. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, it, it's funny because I know a guy. Um, he was this huge maiden tard. Huge maiden tard in New Orleans. And, and he's very wealthy. And he would go to this guy's house in Virginia or something like that. One of those backwards ass states like Virginia or one of the Carolinas um, where they do a Blades Fest every year. Like, this guy has it at his property and flies Blaze in, and Blaze does a, a set at, at this guy's, like, huge property. And I guess for people in, like, the Blaze cult, like, it's a known thing uh, that happens here. And he said he, he loved him, but I, I guess if you're paying a shitload of money by a dumb hick, you know, you're going to be nice. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be nice. But, no, 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 sad to hear he's a prick, though. I'll, I'll, oh, well. even, I'll even tell that dumb hick that uh, I don't like Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah. 
But uh, but regardless, I, I still don't wish death on him, unlike Sammy Hagar and his son. And his fans. Yeah. yeah uh, well, yeah, that goes without saying. That's See, you got to nip this shit in the bud. You know, I would... Oh, okay, you know, I have my druthers. I have, like, complete, you know, power. You know, like, God-like power. By God, I mean David Lee Roth. Um, can I kill Sammy Hagar or his fans? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, instead of the one, I'm gonna kill the ten fans. I'm sorry. Yeah. All, all ten of them. Fucking dead. Fucking dead. Team Ian. Yeah. Even, you know, unfortunately, even if it's Joey Belladonna, you're dead. You know, that, that'd be a great SOD song, you know. Dun, 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 dun. You're dead. Yeah. That's what I think. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, here's another story I talked about earlier. But, uh, yeah, the uh, Scott Rockenfield versus uh, the other two dudes from Queensryche is in January. And if I can, I'm going to go to the courthouse. But who knows? I could go there and, and, you know, it's just lawyers and none of the band. But I'm thinking about taking a chance of going because I think that'd be funny as shit. Yeah, man. And, and, and I'll get them to sign. I'll take my Q2K to get signed. Oh, don't that's do what, that. That's what a prick I am. I actually like that album. Yeah. Oh, no, and, this and, sucks. And you and you goof on me with Boulevard of Broken Dreams. All right. Yeah, you're right. I'm no better. Yeah. Um, Overkill. God damn it. Overkill's doing a tour with Exhorter and Heathen. It's coming my way. I know. It's not coming here. All the shows, you, you have no idea how many shows I've missed here since I've been here. I mean, everybody comes here. And I saw this headline. I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I'll never miss a chance to see Overkill. And then I've never seen Heathen. And you said how great they were. But yeah, it's not coming here. You're going to go check that out. And I've seen Exhorter, man. Exhorter kicks ass live. Oh, I saw, I saw Exhorter on the on the Slaughter in the Valley kids work. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, I saw him. I saw him like on the, I guess, considered the first reunion tour, and I think it was all the originals except for one guy. I know now it's down to just Kyle Thomas and I think one of the guitar players. But, uh, good shit. But man, to see Heathen and Overkill. And I gotta say, um, you know, I know, I know we differ on this, but, uh, you know, since we last talked, you know, uh, you know, when we're doing shows, it was around the time the new Metallica and the new Overkill. I like the Overkill a, a thousand times better than the new Metallica. But that's just me. You know, I'm, I'm a mark for Overkill. What do you want me to say? I prefer the Metallica, and the Metallica's not that good. <laughs> I hear you. Well, hey, at least I, 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 know, I know you're being honest. Yeah, I am. But uh, yeah, I, but yeah, I, I, I disagree. All right, I, I, I think uh, we're all out of uh, new new shit that I give a shit about. I mean, fuck, we've been going on a couple hours. I would like to talk about uh, uh, my first show that I've got to see in Seattle. Okay. And holy shit, was it a good show? Um, I went and saw it was 
Mr. Bungle, the Melvins, and Spotlights. And initially, I was going to go with my son. But my son right now got, uh, he's working out of state in New Hampshire. So he had to bail out. And I knew my wife, like, that's not the show to take her to. And I've taken her to some metal shows and some really cool shows. But I was like, yeah, honey, you're not going to enjoy this one. It's a club show. There's no seats. And you're not going to like the music. So I made the trek by myself and went, holy fuck, was it an amazing show. I was so blown away. And it was my first trip to Seattle other than going to see uh, a Raiders Seahawks game. And I keep hearing all this shit about Seattle. And they're like, oh man, Seattle's gone to shit. You know, the fucking homeless. It's just as bad as fucking, you know, San Francisco. It's fucking terrible. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, motherfucker, I just came from New Orleans. Okay, so you ain't going to scare me with homeless people. This might be scary to, like, you know, white people. But, you know, for, like, city folk, you know, shit, you, you don't get scared as easily. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't get scared as easily. Well, I went to Seattle. That shit was kind of scary. <laughs> you know, I was like, God damn. Scared my black ass. I'm like, they got a problem here. Holy fuck. But the venue, I went to this place called The Showbox. Um... And it's a fairly uh, uh, famous venue here in Seattle. Uh, really cool venue. Really cool venue. Uh, so, you know, I go there by myself. And crazy. I, the line was like fucking blocks around the fucking venue to get in. I was, and I knew it, it was a sold out show. Uh, in fact, they added another night because uh, there was so much interest in this. And this is the thrash version of Mr. Bungle uh, with Dave Lombardo and Scott Ian. Um, but man, got in there and the opening band was called Spotlights. And I'd never heard of them before. I knew they were on Mike Patton's label. Um, so I knew there had to be something weird about them. And I heard them referred to as Shoegaze Metal. And I'm like, well, this could go either way. <laughs> you know, it could either be really cool or really shitty. And I downloaded, like, you know, a bunch of their albums, but didn't find the time to check them out. Saw them live. This band was fucking amazing. A three-piece. Uh, dude on guitar and vocals, his wife playing bass, and another dude on drums. And I was... The, the heaviness, I mean, they were heavy as fuck but they were melodic i don't know if i could if i would definitely call them shoegaze but i could kind of get where people would classify them. that kind of like lazy journalism kind of thing but oh my god were they were so powerful the drummer in particular i mean just out of this world i was blown away but man on the ride home i was like fuck uh, yeah, I loaded up their albums on the phone. I gotta check this out. The albums did no justice. No, it was it was like I was listening to another band. Like, really? Is this the same? Their last album that just came out a couple months ago was probably the closest to how they sounded live. But the rest of the shit is like they're they're a thousand times better than this. Just an amazing band line. 
And uh, so, yeah, if you check out the Spotlights, check out their, their most recent album. I don't know what the fuck the name is. Look it up. Do your homework. Um, but then the Melvins came out. Now, this was my fourth time seeing the Melvins. And, you know, I've just become a bigger and bigger Melvins fan as the years go on. Incredible. I mean, again, th to me, this was like the night of drummers. Because Dale Grover from the fucking Melvins. Holy fucking shit, dude. Holy shit, were they powerful. Just fucking kicked ass. And I was just blown away. And I was surprised by how many people had come. They're like, oh, I'm here to see the Melvins. Like, yeah, Bungo's cool and all. But, you know, Bungle is playing... Most people who know Mr. Bungle know the three studio albums, like the major label albums, that are a lot different than what early early Bungle was a thrash band. And that's what they are now with Dave Lombardo and Scott Ian. They just played like the original demo that they re-recorded with those guys. It was a thrash show. There was none of like the funk and the horns and stuff and weird shit that you would hear, you know, that was closer to Zappa than it was metal. Um, but man, a lot of people there to see the Melvins and they did not disappoint. And then Bungle came out and Lombardo was just on fire. Oh my God. And Scott Ian, holy shit. And I saw a post where Edward, Edward Canastracci uh, was listing worst concerts you ever saw. And he listed Mr. Bungle and he saw him with this lineup. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, how could you call this the worst? Because to me, if you like thrash, like, it was so thrash, Ralph, I think you would have enjoyed the show. It was just that fucking metal. But if you were strictly a fan of the other Bungle albums, I could see where, like, oh, this isn't what I paid to see. But everybody knows. I mean, if you pay attention, you go on the Internet, you know... They're not playing that era. This is strictly the thrash era of Mr. Bungle. Phenomenal thrash show. I mean, just fucking amazing. And, uh, oh, I had so much fun. And Seattle knows how to fucking pit. I have not seen pits like that since Chicago. Oh, my God. The weakest, the pussiest pits I ever saw in my life was Florida. Florida was some pussy-ass pits. Now... Don't get offended, Ralph. I'm talking about Central Florida. I'm sure no, South Florida. We range down here. We were off. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you got some shit, but I'm talking Orlando. That's some pussy ass fucking pits. That's like, yeah, I I pit to Lincoln Park. You know, I'm gonna bump you, and then you bump me back, and then we high five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I spent years with that shit. And in New Orleans. There was some pits, but New Orleans is more like, you know, it's it's Mardi Gras land. It's groove. It's everybody's drunk and on fucking heroin and just dancing and having a good time. You know, it's not as violent. But holy fuck, motherfuckers in Seattle got violent. And the funny thing was, man, there was a, it was a 21 and up show to begin with. And I don't think I saw anybody there under 40. <laughs> but... There was a bunch of old motherfuckers out there pitting like you wouldn't believe. There was a motherfucker pitting in a wheelchair. 
Like at one point, I saw this guy come out in the wheel, like they're trying to spread the crowd. And I'm thinking, oh, this poor guy in a wheelchair, you know, he's getting crushed. No, he was just trying to find a better... This guy, they were crowd surfing him in his fucking wheelchair. He's going over the fucking gate in his motherfucking wheelchair. And then would come back out for more. These people were beating the shit out of each other. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's our era. I don't think there's new kids pitting like we pit. You know? Were you a big pitter, Ralph? Yeah, big time. I <clears throat> I was I, the very first pit I was in. I wasn't meant to be in the pit. Was that Monster the Rock show with Metallica? Yeah. All the way up front. Then all of a sudden, I got caught in the mosh, and I absolutely loved it. So I used to pit every show I went to. Suicidal, Death. You know, I, I, Death was the first band I, I, I staged those. Yeah, every show I would pit. Uh, now, the craziest pit I was in, by far, by far, was Pearl Jam. Well, Good we, Lord. Crazier than Slayer, crazier than Suicidal. Pearl Jam was the craziest pit I was in. And the only reason I went in that pit was because my friend's wife wanted pictures of Eddie Vedder. Now, like, give me a camera. <laughs> I'll, I'll go up there and get pictures for you. Holy fuck, I got my ass kicked everywhere. That was the craziest pit. Pearl Jam of all that. <laughs> you know? But yeah, yeah. but now I've gotten old. I mean, I stopped going to the pit, except I couldn't help myself. When Slayer would play Rain and Blood, I couldn't help yeah. That dun dun dun. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Dun dun yeah. dun. Not going to do it. Fuck it. Oh my God! I, I always I, I, had to pick for that, no matter what. I I did that at, at a Slayer show I went to, uh, and I, I left a girlfriend at the time. I, I left her at the bar to run down when when that happened because it is it's just one of those instinctual things. And that was the only time I got to pit the show was when they played uh, Hella Waits. <laughs> when Hella Waits kicks in, I'm like, oh fuck, because they do the intro. They do the intro uh, fully until the singing starts, and then they go into summer breeze. <laughs> it's awesome. It works great. But man, hearing Lombardo play that and shit, but I'm looking around, I was like, God damn, look at these old motherfuckers beating the shit out. I mean, it was a violent pit. Seriously, I, I hadn't seen the likes of that since old days at the Aragon Brawl Room in Chicago. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, that's our era. I don't think new kids are fucking pitting. And it was it was kind of it was cool and sad at the same time to see a bunch of fifty year olds like beating the shit out of each other. I mean it was a brutal fucking pit. Uh, but it was it was straight up fucking thrash all throughout the show. They played one of the encores. Uh, I mean they they did two encores and one was a Sepultura cover. And the other one was uh, what would be considered a classic uh, bungle track. One off the, the debut album from 90. Uh, but still, it was like thrashier and more abbreviated. But fucking Scott Ian and Lombardo and the rest of the band was just like, holy fuck. I mean, I was so glad I went. And I don't like going to shows by myself. 
but I do, and I always end up meeting people and talk. You know, you find, of course, you know, you find people with common interest and you talk. But it's like, you know, I miss having my concert buddies that I would go. You know, because everybody has those buddies that you always go to shows together. You know, and, and there's, you know, but holy fuck, was it good? And coming up, I'm going to see. Um, your buddy Les Claypool from Primus, his uh, solo band Frog Brigade, is doing Animals in its entirety. Uh, I'm going to see that in July, and I'm going to see Neil Young in July. Those are my next ones on schedule. Uh, have you seen any good shows since the last time we talked? Yeah, I saw Voivod. Uh, they were fucking awesome. Uh, Jason Newstead came out. And played a couple songs with them. Um, nice. What else did I see? I know I saw a couple other shows. Uh, I saw Vader, uh, Death Metal from Poland. I saw. Right. I know I've seen a few shows. Can't think. This Wednesday, I'm seeing Noel Gallagher. And uh, how, how do you like that new one? I, sent I to love it. Love it. Okay. Big fan of it. And, uh, yeah, he's opening for garbage. But they're doing, like, it's a co-headliner. They're playing this. Right. Thing. So I'm I'm leaving before garbage because I went on YouTube and said, let me check out this garbage band. And, yeah, one of those songs I recognized. And everything else I heard, I was like, man, this is garbage. So uh, I, I, I would stay for garbage. Yeah, I won't. I, I, I wouldn't, like, like, I don't think they were a band I would go see solo. But, like, if I was going there for No Gallagher, which, you know, not the fucking big dick sucker you are for Oasis and Gallagher, but I thoroughly enjoyed the show you and me went to. But if I was going to that, I'd stay for both bands, you know. And unless they really suck. Like, you know, I did that when I saw, uh, it was Manson and um, um, Smashing Pumpkins. And it was the same thing, like, co-headlining. They both played the same amount of time, but Manson went on first, and uh, then Pumpkins came out, and it was fucking horrible. And I left. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm, I'm just not gonna stay. I'm going with my my friend Greg. He likes Oasis too. He yeah. doesn't know nothing about garbage, and I warned him. I go, dude, trust me, we're leaving after you know. It's far too, man. West Palm Beach is not close to you. So, yeah. And they're playing at Amphitheater, West Palm Beach. How, how much? How much farther is it now that you're in Hialeah? How much time does that add? Oh no, it doesn't. No, I mean, no, I'm in. I'm in Miami Beach now. Oh, yeah. I, no. th- I thought I thought you were in Hialeah. No, Hialeah is where my house was. It got torn down. Now oh, oh, okay. Now I'm okay. in Miami Beach. Oh, you're back in Miami Beach. God yeah. damn, I love Miami Beach. I, I tell everybody. Everybody talks about fucking Florida. I'm like, if you ain't in Miami Beach, you're in shit. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know, and and, and I, I firmly and I've been to, you know, I've been to Tampa, of course, the Orlando area. I lived in the Space Coast, you know, Melbourne, Cocoa Beach area. I've never been anywhere like where I visited you. That was the fucking shit. That was like, God, this is like, this is like paradise. It is. Because you know? my. To, my son was was flirting with the idea of moving to Florida, and he wanted to move to around Jacksonville. I'm like, that's the biggest shithole. 
<laughs> fucking Florida. You know, everybody's like, oh, Jackson, man. It's like, I'm, I'm going to move to Detroit. You know? But no. No, uh, Miami Beach, and what I loved about that, it, it's like New Orleans. Like, if you're in Louisiana and you're not in New Orleans, you're in shit. And I, I, that's how I look at, you know, Florida and Miami Beach. Man, that, that place was awesome. But, uh, yeah, so what, what's uh, West Palm? What's that, like an hour or two for you? It's going to be, like, roughly an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, with traffic and everything? Yeah, well, uh, it is on a Wednesday, and my friend Greg, he's a teacher. And yeah. now he's on summer break. So yeah. I'm going to go to his house. We're going to take off, like, around 2 in the afternoon, and then, you know, to beat traffic. And then get there and find somewhere to eat. You know, spend the day in West Palm Beach, then go see the show and come home. Yeah, well, just, you know, be careful because in the pit at that show, there's probably some hacky sacks that could be flying. (laughs) I don't want you to get hit in the fucking head. All right. I'm excited for that. Well, that's our news and our concert updates. And uh, so let's get to this. uh, You said you asked the fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was it was bad enough. We let them uh, pick albums. Uh, what's their topics they would like to hear about? All right, let me punch this up here. All uh, right. Um, all right. Eric RMCP Jordan says, when metal bands do weird experiment or oddball albums, like Scorpions Eye to Eye, Celtic Frost doing glam, Kiss doing a concept album, etc. Uh, that's all he wrote. I don't know what that means. Do you even want to conquer that one? Uh, all I can say is that of all those, I'm a big fan of Elder, and Ian is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I, sometimes it works. Most of the time it don't. You know, I, I think it depends on the musicality of the band and the, you know, basically, yeah, what they're capable of. Yeah, I guess it just depends on the band. I mean, like, you know, Kiss doing a concept album is about the same as Poison doing a fucking concept album. Uh, you know, Cold Lake is a fucking, you know, sellout. You know, you got, you know, Priest tried something different with Nostradamus. Nine times out of ten, uh, it's, it's not going to fucking work for me. You know, just because, you know, know know your lane and fucking stay in it. I think if you're an adventurous band uh, and that's your nature, I think that's going to reflect in your albums. Like every album is going to be different, you know, or you're going to have this. But, you know, if if your formula is like tried and true and then you try something for acceptance or something like that, you're bound to fail. What, What you think? I love what Motley Crue did after a bunch of crummy albums with 94. I love, <laughs> I love uh, the, 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 the change Skid Row did on Subhuman Race. I can't think of much anything else, but I'm sure there's more stuff. But, Some good examples. Good examples. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind if a band changes as long as it's good. Yeah. Like Metallica, that's a great example of what's not good when they change. Right. You know, so. All right. Next question. Uh, Chuck Charles says, why does Noel just rule? Well, I think I'll take this question, Ian. Okay, go ahead. Because he does. 
All right. Uh, West Nations. He says, if David Lee Roth could have saved any of the material that Van Hagar recorded, the man was brilliant in lyrics and melody. I think he could given those albums a big bite they needed. Uh, I have to disagree. I think musically those albums sucked. It wasn't just Sammy. The music was... I mean, I love uh, change the music. Uh, it, right. Dave singing those songs that were on those Van Hagar albums, it would have sucked. I don't care how good his lyrics were. Uh, it was just shitty songs. Well, I, I've always said, and I still stand by this, the one thing that I think Dave could have... Uh, uh, resurrected was uh, uh, the track Black and Blue off of OU812. It, it's just got a very like primal, uh, you know, riff and stomp to it that I, I think Dave could have just, he could have went anywhere with it and turned it into a masterpiece. But give it to Sammy Hagar, it just turns, it sounds like a fucking BOA B side. But I think Dave could have done something. And something I, I will add, I don't know if you're going to mention this later. Um, or maybe I just, because I, I read through this real quick. I thought I saw somebody post something like if you could take any Dave solo track and put it to Van Halen, what would you do? Uh, and my answer for that is always Big Trouble off of... Uh, uh, eat them and smile. Eat them and smile. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean they, they had a song called Big Trouble, but uh, it's way different than what he put on on Eat Him and Smile. But I think that's something just I, I love what Steve Vai did with that. But I think you know with Eddie and Alex, it, it could have been even, and, and that's one of my all-time favorite Dave solo tracks that nobody talks about. But I, I think Van Halen could have made that even even better so there you go next right. question well we already we don't have to answer this one because we talked about it earlier but ron darmard asked why some people just won't listen to new metal and hard rock bands we already talked about that yeah because it sucks yeah uh for for the most part um again just, you know just a real quick recap on that um I, I think there's not enough bands that are offering something new. Uh, even a lot of the newer bands that we like are kind of a rehash of shit we already like. And the the shit that is new, we just don't feel. I mean, I mean, I mean, new metal to me. And, and there, there's some new metal bands I liked at the time, but it's just like, um, you know, it's it's just it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And if I if I hear something that's good enough, you know, or if I'm missing something, please let me know, man. Send me a message if you think I'm really missing out on a band. I'll give it a chance because I would love to find something new. I, I really, really would. But it, it's got to be, it's got to be good. But then again, nothing will ever, ever impact you the way that should impact you in your youth. So I, I just talked about this the other day, Ralph. I brought you up in the car with the missus because uh, we were driving and uh, actually turned on the radio, the classic garage station, and they started playing Crazy Train by Ozzy. And uh, she goes, oh, they'll play this, but they won't play Secret Loser. <laughs> and she loves 
she loves Secret Loser because it's on the uh, the Wraith soundtrack, and she loves the movie The Wraith. And I was like, well, I love it, <laughs> you know, because you know, Ultimate Sin was my first Ozzy album. So I, I go, I'm kind of you know partial to it. I'm like, whereas Ralph hates it, and I go, but I totally understand Ralph's aspect because you know, if my first you know. My first listens to Ozzy were Black Sabbath and then the Randy Rhodes albums. And then it goes to that. I would see the downgrade um, where it was my first. So it didn't bother me as much. Whereas, you know, like how I am with Metallica. You know, I grew up on classic Metallica. So when shitty Metallica came out, I wouldn't accept it. It was a downgrade. Well, I always loved Secret Loser, though. I hate the album. Right. I think Secret Loser, Shot in the Dark are good songs. Right. Right, but, but you, know, you, you know what I mean? It, it's all... Yeah. No, it's the, album, the album sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your Metallica. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love it. Johnny Vogan says, Rap. <coughs> That's all you wrote. What, what, what about it? Love I it. Know. I guess he wants to talk about rat. All right. Uh, rat. Uh, oh, I, I, I got to ask you. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Uh, you did a track by track. Uh, that was rat. Uh, I think dancing undercover versus something. Yeah. I can't remember what, though. Yeah. I did do yeah. that recently. Do you know which one won? <laughs> um, I think Rat won because I think it went against something really crappy. Yeah, I can't remember what it went against, but I was like, I was like, oh, because uh, I I know just looking at, it, I was like Rat, but I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't think Rat likes that album that much. <laughs> nah, I like a couple songs, but yeah, yeah. for the most part, it's full filler. Yeah, they uh, only made one great solid album to me, man. Out in the cellar, EP. I feel it. So there we go. We talked about Rat. All right, next one. Dave Whitehouse says the 1984 Van Halen documentary that got pulled uh, and um, speculates to come. Looking forward to a new episode for the Podcast Kings. Did you watch that 1984 documentary that was up on YouTube? You, you know, it's it's this weirdest thing. You think I would be like, I would have to watch it like right away i am so scared of it being botched i haven't watched it yet oh it was good and it's kind of like how i am (laughs) you know like when dave puts up a new version of a classic fucking van halen song yeah it's like i love dave so much but i know it's gonna piss me off so i was kind of like that with this i was like is is it not going to tell me anything new is it going to be the same shit that I read in Hit Parader fucking 40 years ago. But you say it's worth checking out? I Yeah, but it's got taken down. Oh, it did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it did, it, they only, they were, there were like six or seven episodes. They only had two right. before it was pulled down. And both episodes really focused more on Diver Down than 80. Oh, wow. They talked a lot oh. about the Oz Festival. There was footage I'd never seen before. Yeah, I saw one was about the US Festival and the other one was about the building of 5150. Yeah, but it didn't really go into the album. It was still more Diver Down stuff. Oh, but it got taken down, huh? Yeah, it that got sucks. taken down. I should have oh. downloaded it. I 
I fucked up. All right. Yeah. Jimmy James Schwartz says, bands or artists you become a fan of through doing the podcast? Um, oh, shit. Um, I, I like that one band. I even bought the CD. The one that, that you hated that Trinity asked for. Oh, God. Uh, that one. My Chemical Romance? Yeah, I like that one. Uh, oh, my God. There's tons. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking wasted right now. But uh, Angel Dust? Remember we did an Angel Dust review? Yeah, great album. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's, that's one I didn't know. Um, I, I know there's been a lot, but... Excuse me. Yeah, I'm I'm at a brain fart for right now, but uh, no, there's quite a lot of shit I've been turned on to through uh, through either albums we reviewed or picks of the week that you've made. All right, um, Vincent Longo says maybe a movie topic like what are remakes that are actually good? I will say. Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. That was a great remake. Oh, yeah. Scarface was a great remake. Um, I liked... You know what I liked a lot? And it was a flop. was the Bad News Bears remake with Billy Bob Thornton. I refused to watch it. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. No, it's not as good as the original, of course. Right. But it was pretty good. It was funny. Uh, Remakes that I... Remakes that I like. Uh, well, you name, of course, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is an all-time great, the 78 version. Um, I like the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Uh, it's not as good as the original, the 81, uh, but I liked it. It, it. To me, it was cheesy, good, old-school horror movie. Uh, I like the Friday the 13th remake. I thought it was decent. Um, not too many remakes though. most of them I hate like I hated the Texas Chainsaw remake uh, yeah not a, not a lot of remakes that I like just just a couple but even the remakes that I like are usually in the horror genre but then again a lot of the horror remakes that I hate are in the horror genre I like Dawn of the Dead no it wasn't as good yeah 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 no Dawn of the Dead Great. That was one I was like, you know, didn't go to the theater. I'm like, this is going to suck. You know, you're going to fuck it up. And I, I thought it was incredible. I, I thought, honestly, I thought it was just as good on a different level. I mean, they're two different movies. Right. Really. But I, I thought, you know, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was just as powerful, but in a different way. You know, I mean, they they took some stuff, but they, I, I think they did a remake the the best way you could do it. You know, there there's some elements of the original, but it was totally its own thing. And they and, ran. The zombies ran. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they were they were terrifying, and 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 I thought the humor worked in it, which is a fine line in horror movies. You know, because sometimes, like you were talking about earlier about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it got to where it's just it's not scary; it's just silly. You know, but there was good humor in it. Plus, there was plenty of scares. Uh, yeah, really good remake. Yeah, love Dawn of the Dead. 
Alex J. Smith asks, what is your favorite 90s album by an 80s band? Um, I would say Motley Crue 94, Skid Row, Subhuman Race. Um, Dokken, was Dokken uh, Erased to Slate in the 90s? Yes. That was awesome. That's an awesome album. Um, who else? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I would say Priest Painkiller. Yeah, there you go. That's another guy. Uh, Rust in mm, Peace. Yep, yep, Rust in Peace. Low, was Low in the 90s? Yes, yes, Low was 94, I believe. Yeah. Uh, low would be on the list. Um, not much more. I, I mean, it, it's kind of weird, like, like the whole Pantera thing, yes, they first, but to me they're two different bands, really. Um, yeah, that don't count. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be about it for me. But to me, Painkiller was such a fucking... Uh, a game. I, I know I love Painkiller more than you, Ralph. Uh, yeah. But that was, that was a big, big game changer, especially coming after Ram It Down, you know. Which, which is funny because, you know, my first priest was Turbo. You know, but I quickly went back and discovered old Judas Priest. Uh, but I knew right away when Ram It Down came out that that was a step down. You know, uh, to me, it, it's 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 far worse than than Turbo. But man, when Painkiller came out, I was like, holy shit! Uh, incredible. Yeah, Molly Crew '94, really strong album. That'd be about it that I can think of right now. All right, David Gregory Carr says, Bruce Dickinson not wanting Iron Maiden in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they're not dead yet. I don't know what the last part means, but, yeah, you know, what Bruce Dickinson is doing is what every band should do. Shun the fucking place. But yeah. all you Maiden tards out there will be voting for them to get in, not caring what Bruce Dickinson... I hate the Rock and Roll I hate the people that care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame way more yeah well that, that's how I, that's you you hate those people like i hate sammy hagar fans yeah and i uh, want them dead like you want those sammy hagar fans my my whole thing is i don't believe any fucking band other than the sex pistols were like i don't want to get in there like it, to me the only people who say that are the bands that aren't in there and then once they get nominated or they get in there uh they change their tune really quick um, that's I'll always give the Sex Pistols, you know, for all you people who say they're a boy band. Uh, they had the balls to say fuck you. No other band has had the balls to say fuck you. Greatest boy band ever. You know, and, and I thought I thought the next one to have balls was Dolly Parton, but even she fucking uh, came down after she initially said, you know, take my name off the list, which I thought was so awesome, and I was like, fuck yeah, Dolly. That's fucking amazing. And then she's like, oh no, I'll go in and now I'm doing a rock album with Rob Halford. You know? And I'm just saying, oh, get the fuck out of here, Dolly. Did you hear the song with her and Rob Halford? No, but I did hear that it was announced. I did not know, but apparently she fucked Richard Pryor. She did? Yeah. That's what Paul that's what Paul Mooney said. Wow. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Mooney. Uh, Are you, I've heard the name. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, gay comedian who never came out while he was alive. Um, and apparently he, he raped Richard Pryor's son. But he wrote a lot of jokes for Richard Pryor. He raped fact, his son? Uh, uh, maybe rape is a strong word, but maybe not. I mean, because uh, Richard Pryor's son was underage. But you could say he groomed him if you wanted, like, like kind of like what Ellison was accused of, right? Uh, and and apparently that's what caused a big rift between Fryer and uh, Paul Mooney. And uh, I don't, I think at one point Fryer tried to have him killed. Uh, but Paul Mooney wrote what 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 was one of my favorite uh, Richard Pryor jokes was he was talking about justice. He goes, yeah, I know justice. He goes, when you look at jail, that's all you see, just us. <laughs> you know, and that was actually Paul Mooney wrote that joke. Uh, and he was on Dave Chappelle. He was Negro Damas. If you ever watched the Dave Chappelle show, very I funny. Uh, yeah. um, anyway, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. Well, Celeb Edmund says, always nice to hear Hagar Bastion. I think we took care of that quote already for this episode. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and soon I'll be back on Facebook after uh, death threats to Samuel Horatio Hager's the second. Yeah. Uh, Shiska Ravelli said, "How about some guilty pleasure songs and or albums? I don't have any. If I if I get pleasure from it, I'm not guilty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I like songs. Oh my God! I, I mean, half my fucking." Collection is guilty pleasures. I mean, I'm a <clears throat> I'm a proud child of what you call the gaities. Uh, I love uh, you know shit like Pet Shop Boys, fucking Culture Club, uh, Human League, uh, Flock of Seagulls. Oh, God Human League was pre '84. That was good. Some good stuff there. Right, but but no, I mean I mean I just love. Uh, for the most early 80s pop music, I, I'm a total mark for it, you know? I mean, once you get into the late 80s, uh, not as much, I'm not as forgiving. Uh, you know, but uh, disco, I love fucking disco. Yeah, I love I, it. I, 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 I love 70s one-hit wonders. I love all kinds of shit where I, uh, you know, I, I, I was just a big fan of music in general until I would say the 90s um, you know and even the 90s there's some one hit wonders and bands that I like but not as much but I was just you know I, I loved everything I mean metal was always once I discovered metal it was always number one but uh, you know I, I, I love the music of my times and I, I still do and I think it holds up especially when you hear the music of today uh, you know and I'm not guilty about it I mean I'll, I'll fully admit what I love and what I don't love I'm not embarrassed um, you know I, I think people should be well rounded I mean I, if you only listen to fucking metal that's kind of sad you know there's a lot of great music in different genres. I mean, I, I even, I hate country, but there's some Willie Nelson shit that I love, you know? And I like jazz, you know? I like all kinds of weird shit. 
I like metal. There you go. Heavy metal like Manowar. Fuck that Death Leopard shit. Manowar has all their arms. You know what's funny is I, I loaded three Manowar albums on my phone because of you. Because yeah. I, I'm like... I'm like I, I I can't give up. I got I got a. There's something I'm missing here. I don't know what it is. So I loaded up uh, Battle Hems. Yeah. Uh, hail Hail to England. Yeah. And um, what's what's the one with the Kiss cover? The one with Blowout. Oh, Fighting the world. That one's kind of weak. Yeah. But yeah, I, but it, I love. It has its moments though. Yeah. But I, I load it up. I mean, that's what I do. Like when I drive around or when I'm at work, uh, it, it, it's 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 a weird juxtaposition because I'm very against just loading up songs like a Spotify cunt. Uh, I load up albums on my phone, and I've got like uh, like I, I have an ancient fucking cell phone. I won't give up because the new phones don't take SD cards, and I have like a five hundred. 20 gigabyte SD card on my phone. But now you can get phones that have even more storage on it, you know, but just no SD card. But I mean, they're very expensive phones. But anyway, um, I load up full albums on my phone, but at the same time, when I'm out and about, I put it on shuffle to try to get, you know, a good mix. And I, I do that a lot with new bands. I put a lot of new bands on my phone. Uh, you know, I'll listen to one song, and if I like it, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this album on shuffle, and maybe you know it'll hit me later and shit like that. But nine times out of ten, I'll skip it and go back to listen to fucking The Ripper. <laughs> you know. Right. But I try. I do try. Chuck Charles Manson did kill. Chuck Mansion. Did Keelfest hurt that bad? I've gotten counseling starting. What has it done to Ian? Oh, it, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. But um, at the same time, it was uh, you know I, I, I guess it's like people who survived the Titanic. <laughs> you know, like you have a bond, and and I did it for you. You know, and I think a lot of us did it for you. Because we thought we we thought it meant more to you than apparently what it did, um, but we, I mean it was it was horrible. It was one of the worst things ever. But because we love you so much, you know, we're like, fuck it, let him let let him have his fun. We'll sit here sometimes making fun of something. You, you know, you just gotta you gotta flip the fucking script. Like when we review a fucking Poison album, you know, we hate that shit, but we make we make the best out of it. You know, we, we take psychedelics and we make jokes. And, and that's kind of how it was. But it was funny seeing different people's breakdowns. Like, I, I distinctly remember when Metal Mike snapped. Like, the moment where he turned around and said, fuck this shit. And he walked out, he was so pissed off, you know. But we're like, yeah, come on, we got to stay for a round. You know, so it's one of those things, I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, it was horrible but I would not change a moment of it because of all the fucking fun I had with with, with Chuck Charles Manson, you know, Metal Mike, everybody else who was there, you know, Mark Alden, Taylor, I need your money, I'm going to Hawaii, you know, all this shit, you know, everybody. It was, it was a fun weekend, 
it, but it was one of the worst concerts fucking ever, you know. And it's a funny story in the grand scheme of things, you know. I've sat through worse shit. Yeah, it was horrible. It sucked. I wish I would have left earlier. But I guess the reason that I stayed was because I've seen Van Hagar twice. So I have seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> if I Van Hagar, we would have left earlier. The the worst part is when when we went upstairs <laughs> and you were the only one that escaped to the VIP and we all got kicked out. And we're like, God damn it, Ralph, sitting up there in the VIP. And we just, you know, we just pictured you like like a, a chick feeding you grapes and somebody yeah, with okay. like a big palm frog, like doing all this shit. And like, we're sitting here listening to this horrible music and Ralph's up there doing this shit. And then you come down to, like, uh, I was just sitting there in a the corner by myself. I wasn't talking yeah. to nobody. We're like, you motherfucker. You know? Yeah, I was We're... up there chilling. Out. And I, <laughs> I noticed everybody up there, Rick Fox, Ron Keel, McKeel Band. And I noticed them all up there. But I didn't, I didn't talk to none of them. I just sat in the corner. <laughs> and we're all like Christ on a cross down there, like the, like the other apostles. Like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, lucky we love him. We'll stick around for this shit. <laughs> and, and fucking goddamn, I remember the joy on uh, Aaron Camaro's face when uh, the Mooger Fugger was so fucked up. That, that they had to leave. He's like, "Yes, I gotta go." <laughs> you know, we're like, and we were jealous. We're like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Yeah, it was it was fucking horrible. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, it made for a fun story. All right, Montana Hale says, "Hopefully, you all talk about the new Alice Cooper song, which we did." Plus, can I get a shout out on this episode? Well, of course, Hanten Montana Hales. Now you say it, Ian. Montana Hales. I, I need to listen to how bad this uh, Cooper song is, and I guarantee you, I mean, I promise you, I will listen to it before the next episode, and I will let you know if I think it sucks as bad as Ralph does. I'm, I'm pretty sure I will. All right, Aaron Smith, movie soundtracks. Well, when it comes Aaron, to... Aaron Smith, that's my brother. Holy yeah. shit. Aaron Smith, uh, yeah. he just wrote movie soundtracks. If you're going to ask me, I think the two greatest movie soundtracks ever, number one, Phantom of the Paradise, number two, Over the Edge. <laughs> I was just going to say Over the Edge, yeah, which, I which I have a Japanese pressing of on vinyl. Nice. I bought that in 1978, 9, in the theater yeah. without even knowing the movie. I saw the album with all the songs. Oh, I'm buying this. Oh, I love it. And I got the, uh, I got the same Arrow video that you have on DVD. I got that. It was so funny. So I moved here to, uh, uh, you know, Seattle and did this thing with uh, my daughter-in-law's parents, you know, excuse me. It's like this big, like, you know, secret Santa thing where you get everybody different stuff. And on my list, they thought I was like the weirdest motherfucker. I had Over the Edge on Blu-ray. Uh, 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 um, a Frank Booth t-shirt, <laughs> which you saw me wear at, at uh, Rockin' Pod. Uh, Stone's Exile on Main Street on vinyl. And uh, and this weird like glowing light and everything. And nobody understood any of the gifts that I wanted. But I was like, I was so excited to get that fucking over the edge. Uh, I would have to add a Trick or Treat soundtrack. Amazing. 
amazing. I love it. I know it's compiled by, you know, stuff created for the movie and stuff created, you know, uh, you, you know, you know, stuff taken from other albums. I'm so excited that a 4K uh, Blu-ray of uh, Trick or Treat's coming out later this year. Uh, incredible soundtrack. Um, but God damn, on that same list, I would put fucking Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> you know, amazing soundtrack. Um, fuck, I love the Big Chill. The Big Chill had a great soundtrack. Um, hey, last Ameri last American Hero wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, but American Graffiti, that was a great soundtrack. I used to blare when I was in fucking grade school. I loved oh, it. Up and smoke. Up and smoke, yeah. Oh, I have yeah. that vinyl. That shit rules. Yeah. Fight. <laughs> uh, Purple Rain. Purple Ugh. Rain out. That shit's so yeah. cheap. Yeah, I, Prince, I love Prince it. sucks, by the way. Yeah, okay. I dig it. Yeah, Michael Jackson all the way. Oh, no, I'm Team Prince. No. But... I love me some goddamn off the wall. That, that that's one that I'm so surprised that you love, but I'm so glad you do, and I'm glad that you admit and promote. Off the wall is fucking amazing. That's love my it. favorite Michael Jackson album. Mine too. Mine too, and has been. Even even like when Thriller was at its heights, like, like you know for you know when Thriller was like hot and just out, I was like, oh yeah, Thriller. But then when I went back and got off the wall. I was like, oh, man. And it just stood the test of time. Like, I would rather hear Off the Wall than Thriller. Uh, not a soundtrack, though. But, uh, uh, you know, I know it, it, it's a shitty. I would take the Shocker soundtrack over Last American Hero. Uh, well, I don't know. There's some good stuff on Last American Hero, but not as much as Jeff Beers thinks, you know. Yeah! Jeff Beers likes everything. Yeah, yeah he, he does. He's another and person I, that's been poached from our episode, our, our show. What? Yeah, yeah, he's on other shows now. I ain't gonna talk about those shows, though. Oh, is it? Well, good for him. He's a fucking talent, though. Yeah, yeah. I love Jeff Beers. Yeah. That, that's, uh, hey, if they're lucky enough to get him, man, Jeff Beers all the way. Yeah! Yeah! All right. James West says, your thoughts of, on the legacy of Pantera and the celebration tour so far, the shows with Metallica, <laughs> etc. Before I say what I think of that, my brother saw Pantera, man. Uh, I didn't even know this. My brother and my nephew, they went to, I think it was called Rockville. Uh, oh, man, Manny went to that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Alice, Daytona? Yeah, Alice Cooper was there. Slipknot yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, Creator was there. I didn't Creator know. was there? Yeah, Creator was there. Holy and, shit. And I didn't even know they went to this show, and I didn't even know about this show. I was like, what? Well, they, they, they do it every year. I would have went <laughs> with them, though, man. I would have went yeah. with Pantera. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, my thoughts on the legacy of Pantera? Cash grab now. I, I, I support it. I'll go see it. But come on. You know they're doing this shit for the money. But whatever. I don't give a fuck, man. People need to eat, right? Um I don't I don't give a fuck. Uh 
I think it's great that those songs can be heard live again. And I guess the thing I didn't realize is there is, you know, as much as we talk about, you know, our scenes dying and shit like that, um, you know, we don't realize how many people that are younger than us that love this music that never got a chance, which seems weird to, to us because, like I said, uh, Pantera is the second most band I've ever seen. Uh, Ozzy's number one, then Pantera and Kiss. So... I saw Pantera so many goddamn times, like countless times on the same tour. But for people to see those songs, and again, you know, without having the brothers there to have Charlie and, and Zach, you couldn't have two better people, you know? So I'm all for it, man, and I hope people enjoy it, you know? Now, if you're going to release new music and call it that, then I have an issue. You know, then have the balls to call it something else. But if you're going out there and that's the music you're playing, and from everything I've seen, there's constant, you know, not only musical tributes, but video tributes to, to Vinny and to Dime, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And people need to hear those fucking songs. You know, don't be a cunt like fucking Robert Plant, you know? Like, you go out there and you do, you know, you won't call it Led Zeppelin. You won't involve John Paul Jones, but you'll play all these Led Zeppelin songs, but then you won't play fucking Stairway to Heaven. Go fuck yourself, Robert Plant, right up your fucking ass. Fuck greatest you. Led Zeppelin song in my world. Great, great fucking song. Play it. Play it, you <laughs> fucking piece of pretentious fucking shit. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, yeah, Pantera all the way. All right, Alex J. Smith, do you both believe Bob Rock who said that Nikki Six didn't play on the first four Motley Crue albums? Do you believe that? Uh, no, no. I, I I believe I believe what came out like in the the follow up to that. I believe what he was saying is I I think Nikki Six said like I was so fucked up. It's like somebody else played on it. I don't think somebody else played it. It's not like it's extravagant fucking bass playing. I mean, come on. You know, I, I think it, it was what it was. It was like Nikki saying, I don't know how to play sober. And I think he said it like that, and I think it was clickbait. You know, they took it as that. There, there's nothing on any Motley Crue record. You know, you know, the best bass you've ever heard on a Motley Crue song is Primal Scream. I think that's the only bass you've ever heard on a Motley Crue song. You know, there's there's nothing groundbreaking or like, you know. No, I, I I think it was that. It was just clickbait shit to me. What do you think? Yeah, I no, I, I honestly I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody did play on those albums. Maybe they did it. I'm not. I don't know. I don't who, who Bobby Doll? Well, that well, I think only him, only Bobby Doll can get that bass that those bass tones. Yeah. Other than Nikki Six. Yeah, I, I, I mean, can can you think? Of, I mean, just off off the top of your head, can you think of a Motley Crue song with a bass line other than Primal Scream? Um, that song that was in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, Fairlane, the Ford Fairlane song. Oh, rock, rock and roll junkie. Didn't that have like a bass riff that started the song? I don't know. That song sucked. Yeah, it did suck. 
Right. Yeah, the mo movie was fucking amazing. The song sucked. That's a soundtrack I had. <laughs> I still have it on CD. And uh, one of my favorite Queensryche songs, Last Time in Paris. I love that song. Great song. I saw Jeff yeah. Pete perform that. But much better than that horrible fucking song on fucking uh, Last Action Hero. Oh, yeah, that one I like. New World. Yeah, New World sucks cock. No, Last no, Time in Paris. No, actually, Paris, good shit. It was, it was really no, good. you're wrong. No. Take the cock. Take the cock out of your ears. Manowar agrees with you, and I don't agree with none of you. <laughs> yeah. Manowar said that was false metal. <laughs> Next question. All right. Uh, David Gregory Carr. Your opinions on rappers doing rock albums? Like who? I don't know. I see anyone I can think of. Yeah. And I like Body Count. I mean... I like the first yeah. body count, like the last three were really good. Everything, yeah. you know, wasn't a fan of. Yeah, the second, third body count sucked. First one's good. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's actually gotten better with age. Yeah. Uh, you know, these, these newer albums are definitely more metal. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, how many other... Uh, Brett Free, free Shifty Shell Shock. <laughs> Huh? I said free sh shifty shell shock. <laughs> oh yeah. What was the name of the band again? He was in <laughs> Crazy Town. Crazy Town. There you go. All right. Brett Sheffield says, "I would love to hear the two of you discuss your thoughts on Horoscope by Overkill. That album should be held up there with the best of the big four. As a matter of fact, I think it's better than any Anthrax record." Do you think, Ian, Horoscope is better than any Anthrax record? Uh, I would say damn close. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Horoscope fan. And as a matter of fact, until we did our review on Years of Decay, Horoscope was my favorite. And after we did that review, Years of Decay did take the number one spot by, by just a smidgen. I'm a huge huge fan of that uh, that album and that lineup much as I love Bobby uh, I think Rob and Merritt were fucking amazing and uh, fucking Horoscope and, and uh, I Hear Black are by far two of my favorite fucking Overkill albums uh, I love it I think it's very underrated uh, I'll tell you right now Horoscope Black Album I'll take horoscope, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, there's some definitely there's some ones in the big four that have better albums. I mean, I wouldn't put it over, you know, Rain and Blood or South of Heaven uh, or Rust in Peace. Uh, you know, but I, I mean, I fucking love it. Overkill's so fucking underrated, man, and that's I say that's my number two overkill album by just a fucking cunt here so yeah i love it well i love it too but i i like fistful of metal and friend the disease and yeah. uh, sound of white noise more well there there you go he likes fistful of metal more so yeah there you go much more um and a feel of fire and taking over i like more too but it's no. better than under the influence that's for sure 
Okay. Um, but it doesn't it, it doesn't touch to me three it, it, three of the Bobby albums I like more yeah. than Hard. Right, I, I dig Hard though. This guy's Team Ian. There you go, Team I Ian. I listen. I hear Black more. I love. I love. Ah, I, oh, I fucking Coma, love that album. Home on Blood Money are badass songs off of Hard. Oh, Blood Money. Oh man. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, if you love Horoscope. Uh, get that that live at Oberhausen. Uh, you know, I have the vinyl. The vinyl split into two, two double vinyls. You got where they do uh, "Feel the Fire" and "Overkill." Both albums live in their entirety, and then you get the CD. It's got the DVD of the full concert of them doing both albums. I've got it all. I mean, fucking Overkill, man! It's fucking awesome. Gael de. Timmerman said, talk about Vinnie Vincent from Kith. Oh, my God. Um, did you hear uh, the whole thing with the new singer on Vinnie Vincent? Yeah, I, I think I... Did you make a video about it or did yeah, you see I did. something else? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, where, where he announced the new singer and then now he's gone already? Well, he announced the new singer saying, oh, it's great. I haven't felt like this since I've had Rob in the band. Welcome aboard. And then a couple days later, he released a statement going, I have not picked my new singer yet. Yeah. What a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I got I got to say, I'm, I'm Team Vinny on this, though. Um, anybody that pays the money that Vinny's asking to go to all these events, you deserve everything you get in life and worse, you know. Uh, I hope your kids have front row at a fucking... Uh, Man of War concert and Ted yeah. Nugent's work in security. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, come on. You want to talk about fucking overrated? Okay, he did two and a he did an album and a half with Kiss. That was decent. Listen to that other fucking crap. What what the fuck? You know, you know what's 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 the horrible shit on that first fucking album? See, I, I think the first album's worse than the second album. Uh, it, it, it's fucking all trash. It's all trash. It's Vinnie Vincent, you know. It's he, he gives he gives trans testicle people a bad name, you know. That's why you have laws against drag, you know. Is, is Vinnie Vincent? He's a piece of shit. He's he basically, a piece of shit. yeah, he basically threw the guy under the bus. Hey, welcome aboard. Then all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, he's not my singer. Like, trying to make him look bad and shit. Yeah. One of these days, you know, the statute of limitations will pass, and I can talk about the horrible things that Vinnie Vincent did to a good friend of ours. Yeah. I, I'm not at liberty to talk about right now. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit, and he's a fucking half-ass. He's a fucking glorified C.C. DeVille. You know, really. Actually, I think C.C. DeVille's got more talent than him. C.C. DeVille played on a Motorhead album. Did he really? Yeah, he played on uh, that Kiss of Death. Wow. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, they were friends. They were friends, and uh, C.C. talked about it. Where uh, I guess Lemmy said, he goes, I know you're better than what people think you are and stuff like that. And then CC is actually. I mean, CC was. I mean, if you do your your. I mean, he he studied at like musical school and shit like that and stuff. And you know, but he just dumbed it down for making money. 
you know, but he's kind of like, uh, who's that piece of shit I saw open up for Uli John Roth? Uh, Andy Timmons from Danger Danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Incredible talent. You'd never know it by listening to fucking Danger Danger. That's some, like, you know, for, for people in the real world, Danger Danger is like what you say Bang Tango is. You know, that's how bad Danger Danger is. But Andy Tim Andy Timmons could play the fucking phone book. Yeah. You know, Andy Andy Timmons could probably, you know, you, a lot of you could name your favorite guitar player, and Andy Timmons could do him ten times over. That that guy's just scary talented. But he was in a shit fucking band. And I'm not saying CeCe is anywhere near Andy Timmons by any means. But I'm saying, you know, he's better than Unskinny Bob. He's definitely, <laughs> let, let's put it this way, the, the best uh, uh, compliment I could give him. He's the most talented member of Poison. <laughs> wow. That's not saying much. Next question. Last question. Last question. Okay, here we go. Connor Stratton. Yes, I love him. I love him and I love Trinity. And congratulations to Trinity who just graduated. You want yeah, congratulations. You want to hear something? Yeah. They, hold, hold on. Hold on. I, I just want I just want to say something. I am so proud of these two. Uh they're two of my favorite people. And I remember there was a time when Trinity was uh, contemplating. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. She was contemplating dropping out of school and not continuing with her studies and uh, wrote me a message and I encouraged her. I said, please, please stay in school. You know, I know stuff's tough right now, but go through with it. You know, you'll be better for it later. And I, I meant it in the best fatherly way. And that's how I look at both. You know, I, I look at Connor and Trinity as, as sons and daughters, you know. Uh, the same way I do like Samuel Wetz, you know, these are like children of mine and I want to see them do the best and I could not be more proud of both of them and what they've accomplished and they've stuck, you know, stuck out through a lot of hardships and they've stayed an amazing couple, which is amazing and I am just so, so proud of, uh, of all of them and uh, it really makes me feel good that there are some people who listen to this show that have a future. <laughs> and they, they are two of them. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Charlie Hill sent me a text, like, you know, a couple weeks back, or a week or so. Him and um, uh, Daniela Hill yeah. up at Niagara Falls. And they sent me videos and stuff. And then they said, oh, we're going to go see Cheap Trick tonight in Canada somewhere. And that same day, I saw Connor put up, we're going to go see Cheap Trick tonight. Oh, did they hook up? I don't think so. Oh, But man. I did tell Charlie, and I sent Charlie a picture of Connor, saying, look, this is what he looks like, him and Trinity, you know? And then yeah. I told Connor on Facebook, hey, Charlie O's going to be there, but yeah, I don't think they met each other. Or else Charlie would have sent me a picture with them, you know? Oh, that I, God, you want to talk about some of my favorite people, too. God damn, Charlie and Daniela. 
I love those two. Yeah. Those are so... How awesome is that? You were at their wedding. I got to see them on their honeymoon. And they are just the nicest, most loveliest people. And that's the thing that you got to remember. For all the crazy fucking fans that we get, you know, like the real psychos and the one that causes problems and try to get his band and shit like that. There's people like Connor and Trinity and Charlie and Daniela that are just like some of the best people you haven't ever met, you know. Well, they're the ones that matter. You know? I, 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 I'm I, just saying, we, we attract some fucking weirdos. We attract yeah, some I know. fucking we, weirdos. We, we attract people that love drama. Mm-hmm. Like starting shit. Yeah. And, Namely uh, Hagar fans. Yeah. And, and uh, at the moment... Um, I don't think there's any douchebags anymore on uh, on our page, on Rock and Metal Combat page. Yeah, no, no, I get that, but I mean, you know, we we have our weird stalker fans and stuff like that. But man, there there's then there's people that you meet, like you know Charlie and Daniela and 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 Connor. Well, we haven't met Connor and Trinity yet. Hopefully next year at Rock and Pod we do. But goddamn. Yeah, I mean, you're so lucky. You get to hang out with Charlie and Daniela all the time, you know? Yeah, they're always at shows I go to. Just good goddamn people. The best. And that, that's what I, I love about doing this show is not only hanging out with you, but, you know, knowing there's people with jobs that listen to us, too. <laughs> you know, that are good fucking people. Yeah, not the ones that ask us for money. <laughs> but that happened to you. I've had a couple of our listeners ask me for money. Yeah, you've had more than me. I don't know if it's because you've answered more uh, posts than me. But yeah, it's like, fuck, we don't make money, motherfucker. Are you asking me for money? <laughs> it's like, I, I, I'm telling you dick jokes for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should pay us. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was our uh, that was our last question. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, why don't we do uh, pick of the week then? You got a pick of the week, or you want me to go first and you sing my song? Yeah, but um, I got one more thing I want to talk about. Okie dokie. What do you think of this AI thing? Oh, uh, wow. Slippery slope. What a great topic. Um, crazy. Hey, I, think, I think I just asked you the best question out of all our fans. Yeah, I, I, I think you did too, man. That is a uh, that, that that is a slippery slope that can just I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I can see benefits, but I can see major problems because of it and uh on a a thousand different levels i mean i'm not even only talking about like music and movies and stuff like that but how it could be used to manipulate media and all kinds of shit Uh, it's one of those things where i think technology well we've suffered this for a long time but i think uh technology advancing past 
the point of man. You know, like, I, I don't think we're prepared for this. I don't think we have the, uh, the ability to handle it properly. I mean, it, it, it's some dangerous shit. Uh, but to kind of put it in perspective of this show, I'm not even talking social or political uh, aspects of it, but you see where it's coming into play with what's going on currently with movies with the writer's strike, where movie studios are using AI to like, okay, well, you know, you don't want to work for this? Well, we'll get a computer to write a movie. And yeah, yeah, a, a computer could write a fucking Fast and the Furious movie, but it's not going to write, you know, a Godfather, you know. But who's going to movies right now? More people who would go see a fucking, you know, Fast and the Furious movie. So it's dangerous to entertainment. And when you have, not talking about metal, but just pop music in general is basically computer generated, um, if nothing else, musically. Um, you know, you could just, I, I can just see a big downfall where it's just cheaper and easier to let AI do it. I mean, to me, it's kind of like what rap's done for years. Um, well, more so in the 90s and early 2000s. Look how many rap songs um, took like a hook from a popular song and you know that's what was you know that that's what put people on the dance floor and shit like that was a beat that was made fucking 20 years ago uh you can see the same thing with music with writing uh very dangerous you know but i could also see where hey it's cool if uh you know, you're in high school right now and you can get AI to write your Treasure Island book report. There you go. It's dangerous. What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, I really don't give a fuck. If you don't like it, don't listen. That's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. Now, I did listen because I bumped into a link of uh, the first Noel Gallagher album sung by Liam. And I listened to it and man, it's done well. I mean... It sounds like Liam is singing on the album. But I hated it, because I don't like Liam's voice compared to Noel. And to hear Liam sing those Noel songs pissed me off. I heard another one. Chuck Charles sent me one where it was um, Lennon and McCartney doing a B-side from Oasis called Half the World Away. It was nice, but it was like, yeah, I can kind of hear it's McCartney. I can kind of hear it's Lennon, but it wasn't exact to me. But it did have the, you know, it did sound like, it sounded like people imitating McCartney and Lennon, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's AI stuff out there. I'm probably going to end up really liking it. Now, will I like it more than the original? I highly doubt that because I think subconsciously in my brain, it won't allow me to because this ain't, these people singing ain't the ones that wrote the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think... But I think people of our age will see through it more than than younger audiences. You know what I mean? We're so like, used to these songs, you know that. Yeah, we're we're gonna tell a difference where, you know, the new generation first of all doesn't give a fuck about music like we did. 
like our generation. You know, th there is no passion for music. You know, in, in, in current pop music, you know, I, I mean, just look at like the longevity of the artists. You know, we came from an era where artists had a long career. And there's nobody in current music that you see lasting at all. You know, not on the charts or anywhere near that. Um, you know, I, I don't think we have to worry about it as much as the next couple generations. I mean, we're dead. We're dead in the fucking water. I mean, what do we got? What are you, fucking 60? Gonna be 60 in a couple years. Yeah, you know, I, I just turned 49. I mean... We don't have to worry about it, but the next generation, I think it's more of their problem kind of thing. And it won't be a problem to them because they don't care. Yeah, they don't give a shit. So, yeah, this is how Skynet takes over, basically. Yeah, it's like, you know, I watch, you know, a lot of podcasts and shit. There's so many people out there our age that are just bitching about you know, how their music's not up there anymore and fuck all this new music and these kids don't care and this and that. Well, dude, I remember when I was a little kid and I had those people into Moby Grape and Grateful Dead telling me how stupid I was for liking Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's, it's a circle. It's a cycle. Every fucking yeah. generation is going to look down on the next generation. But the next generation is stronger. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, every generation that follows, you can sit here and bitch about Maroon 5 and Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. Bitch about it all you want. That's what's popular now. It's way more popular than what we like. <laughs> yeah, you know you know, what my son told me? And, and I, I threw up in my fucking mouth. We were talking about movies. Now, uh, love my son. Love him to death. But he's he doesn't have the same passion that I have for music and movies. And that's fine. You know, to each their own. Um, but we were talking about movies because I can't stand 70s movies. Wow. He goes, he goes, he goes the, you know, the picture quality. He goes, the acting. He goes, uh, you know, but in a way, when I was a little kid, I didn't like, I couldn't watch anything black and white. You know, other than the Three Stooges and the Little Rascals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, it took some maturity till I appreciated, you know, there were some great black and white movies made. But he was talking about how the 70s suck, and I was just like, do you realize how stupid you are? <laughs> you know, like the shit coming out of your mouth. I go, Get on your phone and Google the greatest era of cinema and see what pops up. <laughs> and he did it while we were on the phone. He goes, fuck, 1970s. I go, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you have no idea. I, I love got, you. You got the Exorcist, Marathon Man, Godfather, yeah. Jaws. Come on. What exactly. Well, he goes, I'll give you bad news bears. <laughs> you know, yeah. But you know, it's 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 just this generational thing, and I'm like, oh man, you know, dirty Harry movies, dude. Yeah, no, I, I, hey, you ain't gonna tell me, you ain't gonna tell me. Uh, 
you know, but but you know, as much as he hates the uh, the seventies, he hates the eighties as well. He thinks, you know, because he's a child of the nineties, and he thinks everything was invented in the nineties. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, and people were fucking way before the nineties, and you know, there's nothing new under the sun, you know. But shit is getting more, you know drowned out and you know i don't know it's just lesser look at the music look at the movies it it's just getting worse and worse and ai and ai will make it worse who knows who knows ai it might make it better for a short period of time depending on what it's sampling <laughs> you know if, if you feed an ai you know nothing but 70s music and movies you might come up with something a lot better than what you're getting out today oh of course but it's but it's not real. It's not heartfelt. It's not legit. You know, it's a copy of a copy. But I will tell you, man, what has improved in the last 10 years that I would put up against 70s stuff is TV. I would put up Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul against anything from the past. Oh, yeah. But um, it's, it's because the gloves are off. You know, and, and one thing I've noticed, like like one thing uh, you know, the wife and I have been watching lately is Cheers. And we started watching it, you know, from, from the first season on, you know, and both of us, you know, because of our age, we came into Cheers kind of like in the middle of it, you know, in its heyday, like, you know, the end of the Shelley Long into the Kirstie Alley era. But the writing on it is so good and so sharp. Uh, for the limitations they had. You know, I mean, look at the shit you can show, like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and all this stuff, you know, The Wire. Uh, all these great shows. You couldn't show that on TV back then. You know, I went back a couple years ago and rewatched every episode of Happy Days and uh, All in the Family. And it's like, the shit they had to do to make it good, yet get around the parameters of what they were allowed to do. That's why those shows stand the test of time. Because they had to go above and beyond, you know, to be current, to be relevant, but stay within those parameters. Now the gloves are off. You can show anything on TV nowadays. Nobody gives a fuck. And I'm not trying to take away from the modern shows, because you're right, they are incredible. But you couldn't do those shows back then, you know? I like I like that Stallone one. Did you see that one? No, I heard it's good. Uh, what, yeah. What's it called? Uh, I forgot. So, uh, Tulsa King. Yeah, Tulsa King. Yeah, you all, liked it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, Arnold's got one on Netflix. I, I want to watch it now. I I heard it's horrible. Oh I, oh, it's up already. Yeah, I, I've I've heard I've heard not one good thing about it. I've heard good stuff about uh, Tulsa King. Yeah, uh, the Stallone one, but yet yeah, no, everything I've and hey, that could be somebody else's opinion. I might love it, but yeah. they say they say the the Schwarzenegger one's fucking horrible. I'll still check it out. You know. Yeah, if, I will too. You know, if make it's not it good, mind. then I'll stop after a couple episodes. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I dug the Tulsa King and uh, a couple other good ones. There was one, man, I was watching one with Gary Oldman that was pretty good. He's, he's got a TV show. I can't remember. Uh, 
even that. It was pretty good, man. I, I stopped watching it because I moved. But I got to go yeah. back on that one. That was a good show. And yeah, but, you know, I mean, but movies have suffered, you know? Yeah, yeah. M movies, movies suck. And, you know, I'll go on record and say, I like some shit, dude. I, I mean, I like some Fast and the Furious movies, and I like a lot of these superhero movies. But when that's your only fucking choice, you know, when people like Martin Scorsese have to go to Netflix and Apple TV to get their shit made, um, there's a problem, you know? Uh, and none of the movies these days have the, the impact, but you gotta look at these fucking kids and what they grew up on. They don't have the patience and the tolerance for character development or story. You know, I always joke about, you know, I went and saw one of the Fast and the Furious movies with a co-worker of mine back in New Orleans. And we go to the movies and him and his buddy are either talking through the whole movie or they're on their cell phones. And when we walk out of there, he looked at me like dead, dead serious, looked at me in the face and goes, God damn, he goes, you're weird in the movie. He goes, you just sat there and watched it. What the fuck are you supposed to do, you fucking moron? <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 a movie. You're supposed to watch it, but these kids are used to fucking TikTok and YouTube videos. And it, it, it's no difference than how YouTube is more successful than podcasts because, man, look at this shit. We're going on three fucking hours. We've been jibber-jabbering about this shit. And there's some people who, that's awesome. They, they can get it. But other people would rather have like uh, the track versus track you make that are six minutes they can handle that much more than they can handle listen to us talk at, at this length whether you know and and these are people who like your style and like what you do but that's just what they're used to you know TikTok. give me give me 30 seconds bam 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 better have it all because i don't have the fucking patience to sit through you know anything of substance which is true. I mean, my live yeah. feeds go on for hours, and those do good. But yeah. they do good because people are online at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and, and those are those are hard cords, you know. But the, the vast majority, you know, put Kiss in the fucking title, keep it under five minutes, and they're happy. Oh, yeah. My Kiss Wednesdays do great. Oh, God. Wait, wait till you hear, you know, normally... It, you know, I always surprise you with the titles of our episodes, you know, and shit like that. But fuck it. I'll, I'll tell you right now, because this has no album we're talking about. This is just us bullshitting. But the, the title of this episode is going to be Kiss to Reunite in 2024 with Vinnie Vincent and Alan Schwartzberg. <laughs> and we'll perform side two of Hot in the Shade in its entirety with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, uh, and, and that'll get some fucking nerds to listen to this shit for about 30 seconds to realize <laughs> they just got hoodwinked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it is, it is what it is. And, and I, I, I'm so happy for your success because you were so good. I mean, I love watching your videos. I love watching Thank you. And there's a lot, a lot of times it, you know, it's it's album versus album, and it's done in six minutes, 
Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, I love it. And it's it's easy. It's easy to digest. And I'm like, I got time for this. I'm gonna check it out. But I mean, you deliver so many laughs and so much awesomeness in those six minutes. But there is a whole generation of that's what they can handle. They could not handle listening to this episode. Whether they think I'm funny or you're funny or who's ever cool, you know. Yeah, and the and crazy I, thing is, I get paid for it. People actually send me money. Yeah. That's I, I, it's the world we live in. And if you remember, you know, when we first started this shit, I was like, we need to do YouTube. And you're like, no, let's do a podcast. I'm like, I think YouTube's the future. And you're like, yeah, no, so, we're going to. Yeah, you were right. You were right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but then I, I fell victim to it because it's like, oh, I don't have to be on camera. You know, it's like I'm sitting in my garage right now. Nine times out of ten, I would say 99% of every episode of this podcast you ever heard, I was butt naked in my bed. <laughs> you know, I, with my laptop on on my on my bedside table, recording. And and now I'm I'm in, you know, like I gave up like sweatpants and a shirt sitting in my garage. <laughs> you know, but I'm like. Wow, oh, this is kind of nice. Don't have to worry about being on video and all this shit, you know. But it, it, it's where we have to go, and, and if we want to take this shit to the next level, we got to have more of a YouTube presence, and it's got to be more than, you know. I I love what you've been doing with the old episodes, but this generation they want to see you and me live on video, you know, or it doesn't count for them. You know, and that's just how it is. We've got our hardcores that have been keeping us going for years, but if we want to take this next level, we have to have more of a YouTube presence, and it's got to be visual. Even if it's just our ugly mugs, you know? No, it's 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 a very cool... I mean, I I just bit the bullet, because one day I was like, you know, Wayne Noon from uh, Rat Style Reviews, I was like, bro, I mean, he does these live shows all the time, and I'm on some of them. You know, yeah. so, and I told him, dude, I would love to do that on my channel. But I don't want to pay for this Zoom shit. And he goes, oh, well, just use my Zoom. I said, all right. And then, like, the next day, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay Zoom. And that way I can get on Zoom and, that, you know, I'm not limited. So when we did the first three episodes, they were fucking great. A lot of people were are there watching. And then I moved it to Thursday, and it's even better on Thursday. And it's a great little vehicle, this whole live thing. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're going to record and then put it up on YouTube later, it doesn't have the same interaction feel where you oh, yeah. you do it live. You get to speak to the people, you know, because I'm, I'm on my phone looking at the people talking, and I, you know, oh, yeah. I like what they're saying, and it's a great community thing. Oh yeah, and and you do the things like the super chats where people pay to have their shit read above the other people, and I mean, there's people that make fucking bank on this shit, you know? Yeah, Razor Fist. Yeah, oh dude, um, like I said, that Razor Fist. When I saw that guy sign over his COVID check, the fucking Razor Fist, I was like, God damn! <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it was. It's like seven hundred dollars. Crazy man. Yeah, but that's why you see Razor Fist does a lot more political shit than he does music shit because he found his niche. 
Yeah. You know? And more people turn into that, man, because Razor Fist did some awesome when he do those metal mythos. They were awesome. Oh, they were killer, man. And I used to love he used to do uh Neo Nor. He'd do like like Nor pictures, like, you know, fifties like gumshoe type movies, and I love that shit. He used to do Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Love that shit. I'm a huge Trekkie. You know? But that shit wasn't bringing in the money. But he sits there and says, I hate Joe Biden, you know, and I love Trump. And these motherfuckers are handing over money, hand over fist. I get it. I don't I don't begrudge the guy. I don't agree with his shit, but he's entertaining and he found his niche. And he makes bank off of it. So more power to him, man. I ain't hating. You know? Yeah, I noticed people pay just to ask him a question. Oh yeah, well that's that's a big thing. Like I watch a lot of you know, I, I, I told you during the pandemic, I got way out of music and more into movies. And I watch a lot of like uh uh movie podcasts on YouTube, you know, and, and movie channels, specifically like horror channels. And they do these live shows, man, and, and the people, like, pay big money for these super chats. You know, people talking in the chat room, and then they'll pay 20 bucks so you read their question above everybody else's. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, and I still have this weird thing about, like, taking money from people, and I need to get the fuck over that. <laughs> you know, because it's like, you and me do put in a lot of work into this shit. Or but I still have this feeling like you and me are just regular people, like our listeners. So it's it's hard for me to take people's money, but I, I need to separate hey. that and think about the time. Because we do. We put a lot of time into what we do and a lot of, like, you know, studying these albums, what you do alone, just with, like, editing and shit, you know? It, it's, it's time consuming, you know, and we do this stuff. And, and yeah, I need to get over that hippie shit, <laughs> and, and we need to we need to make some money. Yeah, it's like, hey, dude, if somebody gives us money, we're not taking their money; they're giving their money. Right, and you know, and and, and you know, uh, even all the money you and I have raised through the fan episodes, you know, we have never, you know, other than the T-shirt money. We have never taken it as spending money. No, no, we, we never used a penny of it. No, we, we, it was either raising money for Rockin' Pods or it was just purely to cover, you know, our, our plane fare and our hotel. Yeah. But it was never like, you know, we went to Rockin' Pod and we bought like $300 worth of vinyl. No, that I, never happened. No, if you that, remember, the vinyl I bought was yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, that, that shit never happened. Uh, you know, and my old lady always gets on me. She's like, you need to make some money off this shit. She's like, all the time you take and all the shit you do. And I'm like, but I, I, I feel weird because I feel this like, you know, I'm I'm one of them, you know. I don't want to take anybody's money. But anymore, I'm like, fuck it. God damn it. You know, life, time is short. Life is short. And we spend a lot of time doing this shit basically for nothing for entertainment purposes so I, I'm to the point where fuck it if we can make a little money and we can do some shit I'm gonna stop feeling bad you yeah know? I say that's money off people that are kind enough to give us it 
Yeah, because you know what? We're we're good at we're damn good at what we do. In my we're opinion, the best. yeah, you're right. I was just gonna say that we are the best, though, man. And I think you know, and I'm not trying to shortchange any other podcast. You know, because we both know there's some great podcasts out there. There's plenty of shitty ones. Most of those we spawned. Uh, well, I want to <laughs> give I want to give a shout out to Decibel Geek and Rock All Over You podcast. Two podcasts I really dig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there, there's nothing like those. I mean, e- but even you know, Decibel Geek, man. You know, they got their Patreons and they do their shit, and you know, they do their live shows. Yeah, they, they do their live shows. They, they give their fans their money's worth, and, and, and they get it in return. And, hey, we know those guys. They, they both still work day jobs. Like, ain't, ain't nobody like Joe Rogan up in this motherfucker talking about the shit we talk about. You know what I mean? Right. You know, there, there's no rock podcast out there that's like, quits their fucking day job. But there's people that, you know, compensate for what they do, you know? Because I'm thinking about... Like after what we went through at last Rock and Pod, you know, and the way our interviews turned out, it's like, I want to get a mic set up, you know, uh, I want to get something to where like whoever we're interviewing can put on headphones and they're talking to their own mic and we have a mixing board to where the shit sounds professional. I would like to do that, but God damn it. I can't come out of pocket for all that shit, you know, yeah. but if we could, if we could do some shit to where I could take that money. And I could put it towards, hey, a better laptop so I'm not borrowing my wife's laptop to do our fucking show. Or I could get some good mics so when we talk to Eddie Fingers OJ, you can hear what the fuck we're saying, you know? You know, you, fuck it. You, Let's do you, do it. you should say it right now, dude. Like, man, anybody out there want to help us and get Ian, like, you know, enough money to buy a new laptop? You should yeah, talk I, right now and tell him what's your PayPal, you know? Yeah, I know, but that, that that's hard for me to do, though. But you're going to do it. You're, hey, hey, I'm going to walk you through it, all right, Ian? Yeah, okay. All right, take a deep breath. <clears throat> okay. Now, say the name of your PayPal, and I'll tell, I'll take care of the rest. I, I don't know the name of it offhand. I don't know if it's Wadzilla or it's Ian Wadley. Uh, fuck, I all don't right, know. All right, next episode. Next yeah, episode, next episode. Ian's going to say the, the, the PayPal. And please help the guy, man. Throw in some money. I will. You know, yeah. I'm to get a good laptop so we can continue giving you these killer episodes. And yeah. I'm sure our listeners will throw money at you to get oh, a I, laptop. I, I, I know, but you know, it's, it's like I don't know. You and me, look, could, look, we, we got we got old school pride. Yeah, but to all like, the like, yeah, but let me I, just say, let me just say, and, and let me just say real quick. And, and I'm not trying to slam the guy, and I know you got to step out of the room for this, but I would have a hard time doing, like, what Mark Allen Taylor did. And I'm not trying to slam the guy, but you're sitting there, you're asking for a GoFundMe to pay your hotel bills, or, I mean, your hospital bills, and then you're going to fucking Hawaii on vacation. You know, that doesn't sit well with me. I, I know I work hard for my money, and I, I know all our listeners do, so I... It's hard for me to take charity, but then at the same time, like we were talking about, I know we do provide a service, <laughs> you know? We entertain a lot of people. We've helped so many people. We've, we've both gotten so many messages that people really enjoy this show. I think a lot more than even we can comprehend sometimes. 
Uh, well, look, I know you have a problem, so I'll say it for you. Okay, bye. Uh, Ian doesn't want your money, but I want you to send money to his PayPal. Tune in next week, and Ian will have the <laughs> name of his PayPal. And if he doesn't, I'm pretty sure I have your PayPal. I have to go. Okay. To yeah, because I got T-shirt money from you. Yeah. Right. Right. I'll announce his PayPal next. next <laughs> and I'm gonna be the one. Ian doesn't want you to, but I'm gonna be the one. And Ian will just remain quiet as I tell you all. Let's donate and get Ian a really killer uh, laptop for the uh, for the podcast. Yeah. And now, for porn. Right on. All right, dude. So you have a pick of the week? I do have a pick of the week. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the brand new uh, live album from Motorhead. Even though it was recorded in 07 at the Montreal Jazz Festival. It's really good. It's really fucking good. And, you know, it's, it's Lemmy before the health stuff started, you know, taking its toll. I mean, everybody knows those last couple years of Motorhead, you know, those live albums in particular were very, you know, breathy and, and hard to get through. But man, in 2007, he still had it. It's a great set list. Uh, great version of Rosalie by, uh, well, of course, it's a Bob Seger song, but, you know, made famous by Thin Lizzy. Really good live album and just reminds me once again how much I love fucking Motorhead. So check out the new album, uh, Live Montro 07, Motorhead. That is my pick of the week. Motorhead is a is a real is a band that's endorsed by Manowar. But don't hold that against them. No, no, the Manowar is true metal, and they will make you choke on your own blood, Ian. So don't say nothing bad about Manowar. Okay. Hail, hail the loincloth, okay? <laughs> Dude, what other band greased themselves up like fucking Manowar? Uh, Shark Island? Uh, you may be right. I didn't keep up with Shark Island. <laughs> Alright, I got a pick of the week. And it'll be... Alright. It'll probably shock you, but then again, it probably won't. I am in love with the new winger album six. Oh, i meant to ask you about that i saw you did a review and i didn't get to watch it yet nice yeah. you liked it huh love nice. it um now i heard some of the songs before the album came out and i said how much i loved it i was like dude these there were two new songs before the album came out that i was praising like and then my good buddy from canada jackson rowdy who is into like all this power metal and crazy metal stuff, loves Winger. So he bought me the CD and, you know, gave me a donation on top of that to review it. And man, I mean, there's a couple songs on there that are whatever, but for the most part, that new Winger album kicks much ass. Oh, I didn't check it out. Yeah, it's called Six and it's awesome. My favorite track off it is the last track and it's really long. It's a really long song. And then like the third track, something blood, it's so good. I love Kip's voice. I love the music. It's awesome. And I've been hearing some people tell me that the last couple ones are in that vein or feel like that. So I'll look them up because Jackson Routing got me full on vinyl and I, I did enjoy that album. But I enjoy this new one even more. 
Nice. So that's my pick of the week. Winger with six. Awesome. Well, now we go into fan of the week. And uh, fan of the week is up in the air because that's fan of the week is going to be anybody who donates to this new charity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Put your money. Put your money where your mouth is in these hard times. Hey, and if you want to donate now, send me a message. I'll send you Ian's uh, PayPal, and then next week you'll be fan of the week. Hey, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this show. This, you know, out of nowhere, just bullshitting. Uh, I think you're going to hear a lot more of these from us in the future. It's either going to be this or off topics. There'll still be some album reviews, but not as much. But we are going to finish the fan paid episodes. Those will be coming up. But uh, we'll man, definitely just... we'll definitely do album reviews. Still, like new albums that came out from yeah Heritage Jacks. But uh, man, it, it, it's just good to fucking bullshit and talk to you again. And uh, yeah, it's fun, dude. And it's always fun it. to drink. I I just counted. I'm on my 11th beer since we started, and I've had a Damn. goddamn good time. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my street, yum, yum. Drug, my street drugs still haven't rubbed off either. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, come back next week. When we go back to the fan episodes, but it's still going to be awesome because it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hail and kill for Man of War. In a loincloth. Hey, See you next week. Peace it up.